Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Welcome everyone to the spotlight. Shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. As always, I'm Jeremy Lambert. That's Steven Jensen. Jensen, we are an hour earlier than usual. We'll be an hour earlier than usual next week. You are representing the Cody Rhodes. As always, I am representing the Goats. I can't see it. Brian Danielson. We are ready to go here on the spotlight. We got a big show, plenty to talk about. I'm running on about four hours of sleep after a six-hour round trip to Dynamite last night. How are you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I'm doing good, man. <clears throat> we have a great show for y'all today. A lot of big stuff to talk about, obviously. Um, yeah, how was how was Dynamite last night? I mean, it was an awesome show um, on TV. I'm sure we had a good time live. Oh, it was a great show live. Um, and like Jen said, we got a big show. And part of our big show is the creator spotlight a little bit later on, where we got the return of Dad, and he brought a guest with him. Johnny Spotlight, John Morrison was on the show as well. They talked Creators Clash 2. Uh, a little bit of pro wrestling, always sunny in Philadelphia, portable Nintendo 64s. We learned a lot about dad <coughs> and Johnny spotlight on that one. So check that out later on in the show, everybody. That'll be on about an hour, half or so. All right, Jensen, let's get into it. Let's get into, I mean, we got to We got to We got to start with your, your guy, right? You want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? You know, WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. <laughs> Adrenaline in the soul, Royal Rumble winner, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Jensen, just I'm just gonna lay out here. All right. I had to clear my throat out a little bit before we uh go on with this. So on uh, Saturday, I for anyone listening to this, Saturday was one of the best days of my life. Um 
in the afternoon, I got to witness American hero Joey Jaws Chestnut eat 15 pounds of macaroni and cheese in five minutes. Um, new world, new world record. The previous record, I believe, was five, uh, I think 10 pounds in 10 minutes, and I think he uh, got 15 and five, something like that. Um, it was incredible. Um, and I got to meet him, got to shake his hand and got to tell him face to face, uh, how much of an American hero he is. And he was very, he was a super, super, super nice guy. And I already showed you this, Jeremy, but I got you an autograph of his right here that I'm going to send to you. Yeah. This is from the, uh, this like, uh, that kind of authenticity almost like that's the place. So like they're, they're hiring now for uh, the place that we were at, that they did all this. (laughs) I got got you going, got uh, got Jesse Davin one, got myself one. So, uh, um, so yeah, so I did that on Saturday afternoon. It was incredible, awesome experience. And then, um, and then so that was part one. It was like, okay, now mission one is accomplished. I met Joey Chestnut, got my picture with the mustard belt, got my autograph. Now Cody just got to win the Royal Rumble. And boy, did he pull through! So. I mean, what can what else can I really say outside of like, you know, the whole finish the story thing? I feel like it is going to happen. I feel like you don't you don't do all this with Cody if it doesn't end with him beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and we're going to talk about that because obviously Sami Zayn uh, had his big turn on the bloodline, which we're going to talk about, and this all kind of ties in to one another. Both of our spotlights really intertwined. Jeremy's spotlight being you know Sami turning on the bloodline and the bloodline story in general and where this is all going. So like. Um, but dude, I mean, the, the only critique I think anyone could have at all, and this isn't really a major critique is Cody coming in at 30. I think some people were just like, oh, he probably should have come in a little earlier. Like 30 is a little, almost like two on the nose, you know, but at the same time it was the big return and he was going to win anyway. So like, I don't really care as long as he was going to win. I was, I'm good with that. Um, but dude, it was great. And then Gunther, um, going from number one to number 30. And them having like a mini match at the end kind of reminded me almost of like Sean and Taker and their in their Royal Rumble, um, where we got like a match out of those two guys, and then and then the big finish and stuff. So like, <clears throat> I thought the I thought the men's Royal Rumble match was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I was ecstatic that Cody Rhodes won, and then when he came out on on Raw on Monday and made it clear that his <clears throat> his intentions are Roman Reigns and to become the WWE Universal Champion. And for undisputed WWE Universe Champion, whatever they, whatever they call it now, and he's tweeting pictures of like the the Winged Eagle belt and stuff, or Instagram pictures of, of the Winged Eagle belt and stuff like that. And it's like, because I know there was a lot of people, and I'll I'm, I'll get your thoughts on here in a second. I'm going to ramble too long, but I know there's a lot of people that that felt like this was more about Cody winning the title than about him beating Roman. And I do think that's the case. I do think the overall story is more about Cody coming back to the WWE and becoming the champion. But it's also a lot about being their next Cena in a way. Like he needs to beat Roman to get that spot. And that's, you know, so it's, a, and so I think it's both. He needs to beat Roman to become the champion. Isn't in, and they don't need to split the titles off or anything. Like you just need, Cody needs to win it all from, from WrestleMania. And I feel like that's what's going to happen now. So obviously I'm very excited about that. I thought, so I'm going to go back all the way to the Rumble here in a second. You can talk as long as you need to. Just This is your moment with Cody Rhodes. I know you've been, uh, since we started oh, yeah. this show, 
This is this is what you've been waiting for. Since Cody came oh. back to WWE, this is what you've been waiting oh, for. Oh, dude, so. I've already got like I mean, this just came what's this the wrong guy? Whoops. This just came in the other day. Got the got the elite now. Um uh, and then oh dude, the night of the Royal Rumble, and I went I went and already bought the new uh a new Cody Rhodes hoodie with a new logo, another one of his new t-shirts with one of his new logos. Like I am I'm completely, and I mean, I almost didn't wear this today because it's like I've been wearing it show after show after show. But I'm like, I'm gonna. I didn't know if you, I I didn't know if you had washed it, if you've taken it off, if you just had it on the entire (laughs) week, and like it's just your lucky Cody hoodie. I wasn't sure to be honest. Yeah, I've washed it. I've washed it once in the last week, and I've worn it a lot. Um, But to be fair, the only place that I've worn it out, and the only reason I washed it was the chestnut meeting chestnut. Every I've I've been working from home all week, so like it's like I've just been putting it on. And then just like throwing either sitting on my couch and on a laptop or it just comes right off after the show and I just work in a t-shirt. So it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm out and about and like, you know, there's not, you know, so it's one of those things where it's not like I'm out and about in the world wearing a disgusting, unclean hoodie all the time. But, um, uh, but, but yes, I am, I'm very superstitious though. So it is one of those things where like if the Vikings are winning and I'm wearing the same Adam Thielen Jersey every week, I won't watch it until they lose. Like I am, right. I am, I am one of those kind of people. So um anyways that all said uh, yeah go, go ahead jeremy sorry i don't i don't i don't mean to cut you off go get, 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 get your cody praise in i thought they they should have had him as a surprise in, in the rumble because the surprises weren't that great like booker t sure. was legitimately the only surprise i feel like uh so it would have been cooler if cody was just number 30 we knew it was gonna happen but if he would just showed up as a surprise number 30 but they had to do uh you know three million video packages every week to let you know he was gonna be there um i'm glad he won i'm glad he won for you i'm glad Sami Zayn wasn't in it because everyone was like sammy should win sammy should win sammy should win and you know, I, I said it the day of, I was like, what if like Sammy's not in it? I, th- I feel like everyone was just presuming he was going to be in it. And then he wasn't, I kind of thought that was the right call for him not to do it. And then Cody coming out at 30, you weren't going to have the Ray Mysterio, Daniel Bryan situation of like, wait a second, where's Brian? Even though we love Ray, where's, where's <laughs> Brian? Um, right. Cody was always going to get cheered. I think people, especially the, the fans who love the bloodline storyline, which is uh, the majority of fans, I think they really underestimate just how popular Cody Rhodes is. And yeah, he came out, got a big reaction, got a big reaction the following night. That man, he's still moving the merchandise. He is still like the top guy in WWE. As far as him going on to WrestleMania, it's the right call. Him beating Roman, which I presume is going to happen, but there's still a lot of time left. Plans can change. I think that's the right call. I would say, uh, so I'm going to go into the bloodline storyline now, because as you said, like it does all tie together. That moment at the end of the rumble, when Sammy turned on Roman and that the reaction that that got was just one of the, one of the top reactions in the decade, especially, especially when it wasn't just like entrance based. Yeah. Like when Cody came back, huge reaction these returns austin comes back huge reactions like entrance based reactions when the music hits okay those are big things like a moment like that getting that kind of reaction i i can't remember the last time i heard something like that you know there hasn't been like a title change i mean roman's held the belts for two years now so uh there hasn't been like a title change that's like got maybe big e but even Big E, that yeah. it didn't top that reaction that Sami Zayn got. Like it, I, I can't remember a moment that it's topped. 
that reaction that that feels like at least in the last few years like the last time it feels like was like uh maybe what they were alluding to obviously was like the shield when like uh like when when rollins turned there was a big pop on roman and also um like when danielson turned on on it was a decade decade ago ago. i know yeah Yeah. and and, and, and danielson Danielson turning on uh on uh the wyatt family and that was like 10 years ago too but that's like the kind of stuff that are like really that's like the only stuff that i feel like that like wasn't like uh you know like a big title change or something just like a moment you know what i mean right um so now i'm with you it's been a long time since i feel like we've heard something like that and now that i think about it it's been like a decade since we heard something like that in the wwe that wasn't like that wasn't a title change or like the hardy's coming back at wrestlemania type of thing right when you take out returns and even some title changes like don't get this kind of reaction i mean so like brian winning yes biggie got a big reaction mania right right like there have been good title change reactions but yeah if you just look at like a moment you're right it's probably brian wyatt family and and rollins turning but the reaction sammy got when he hit that man with the chair the aftermath with everything it's really tough for me to deny sammy Zayn winning that title and i've thought of different scenarios i understand why it should be cody at wrestlemania who defeats roman and the the best scenario i can come up with that i think maybe makes all parties happy is you actually put the title on Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber and you give him an even bigger reaction in Montreal. You put the title on Sami and then Sami, you do, you do Sami and Cody at WrestleMania. And I still think that's a big match. Is it bigger than Roman and Cody? Probably not because Sami doesn't quite have that cachet that Roman Reigns does, especially throughout this reign. But man, it feels like sammy winning this title to complete this story and i know people will say that well the story is the tag titles when him and owns win the tag titles that's going to be a big moment and that will be a big moment as well but that reaction the way this story has played out him actually beating roman reigns oh man like i would the pop you would get in montreal too for that mm-hmm. i i would do it i would i'm not a coward like triple h i would do it I would actually do that. And there's a story to be told <laughs> sure. of Sammy beating Roman. Sammy beats Roman. Roman gets doubted by Solo, gets doubted by Jimmy. Jay even kind of like, man, Sammy had it all along. Like I, you know, he he can kind of, hit, he could actually split with Jimmy a little bit and maybe do something else. I, you know, we've seen the Usos together forever. They're great. But Jay's been so good in this storyline as well. Sammy doesn't need a long run. Cody can still beat him at WrestleMania. Cody can still have his WrestleMania moment, get the titles and everything. I don't think Sammy, Sammy Zayn is not someone who is, especially this story is not like, oh, he needs the belt for six months, eight months, whatever it might be. It could be a short run to finish this story with a Sammy Zayn title win. Roman doubting himself of like, the, you know, this jackass punk, like I saved him from obscurity and then he fucking beats me. Like Roman having that doubt after that, you can still do Roman and Cody. Roman rebuilds a little bit. You can still do Roman and Cody down the line. I, I feel like you got to finish this story with a Sami Zayn victory. So I disagree, but it's only because Cody exists. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And any other scenario, I agree with Sami's majorly over. The story has been fantastic. The logical conclusion for Sami 
<clears throat> would be to beat Roman Reigns. I completely understand where you're coming from. I totally agree. And I think a lot of fans agree with what you're saying. Um, where I'm at with everything, and I've heard, <clears throat> excuse me, I've heard Brian Alvarez from Wrestling Observer um, pretty much lay out the exact scenario that I was going to talk about today. Um, so I don't. I want to let everyone know I'm not just parroting what Brian said, although Brian Alvarez is a guy I massively respect. So like I, I actually a lot of my wrestling views do wind up aligning with his. But <clears throat> I um I just want to lay out kind of what he said because it's exactly how I feel things should play out. So what I think should happen is <clears throat> we do Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns in Montreal. Obviously, that makes the most sense. Sammy's from Montreal. They're going to have the... It's going to be massive. That's going to be awesome. Um, I think up to that point, you have Sammy and Jay are like aligned against the bloodline between now and, and Elimination Chamber. And at Elimination Chamber in Montreal, Sammy Zayn comes super ultra close to winning the title. Like he is a, I, I, a hair away from that three count. But Jay Uso screws him. So Jay screws Sammy. And now we have <clears throat> essentially the heat has transferred now from well, I mean, there's still obviously heat between Sammy and, and Roman, which you can go back to, but in the immediate short term, you would have now Sammy and Jay is the real conflict, and bloodlines beating down uh Sammy after after the match in Montreal. The place is going nuts, they're throwing trash into the ring. And then Kevin Owens comes out, who we haven't seen since Royal Rumble. He comes out in Montreal, in his hometown, massive pop, and Owens cleans out the ring. And the and Elimination Chamber ends with uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens hugging in the middle of the ring in Montreal with the place just going nuts. And now we're off to the races for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beating the Usos at WrestleMania for the tag titles. And not only that, I would have the Usos versus Zayn and KO be the main event of night one of WrestleMania. So it's a big moment. It's a big match, big pop for the, for the title change. Cause we also have to keep in mind the Usos have been the tag champions for like forever also. So it's like a huge, it's a huge victory for whoever beats them. And then <clears throat> almost the overall story you start, when you take a step back, you realize this is also about, Cody, Owens, and Zayn taking out the bloodline collectively. Because you have Cody with the, the whole royal family angle and wanting to be the champion. And, and we haven't even seen... That's the thing that people are underestimating. We haven't even seen Roman and Cody going back and forth yet. This is going to get so good once Roman starts talking about Cody leaving and what he had to do to become a star and come back and he's and how Roman's still going to beat him and like what's he going to do then and how Cody's going to... He had to leave the company he started... To, to come back here to finish the story for his dad and his family. I mean, this is going to be an incredible, an incredible story. I think that hasn't even really gotten started. So people have to understand that too. But I think night one of WrestleMania, Owens and KO win the tag team titles after Sammy hits a brain buster on the top rope. Like, cause WWE audience hadn't seen that. They're going to lose their mind. So he hits one of those one, two, three. It's one of those on Jay right into the top turnbuckle. One, two, three. And then, um, and then, so night one of WrestleMania ends, and and after the match, maybe even Roman shuns uh, the Usos or something. So like, there's this ominous feeling going into night two for the Bloodline and for Roman. There, he's like, we lost the tag titles, 
you know, he's super paranoid now. So he's not on his game now. And he's going into the, into the Cody match messed up in the head. As I say, I think at the end of the match with Cody, refs knocked down, something happens. You don't know what's going to happen. Bloodline comes out to try to help Roman win. That's when you get another massive pop when KO and Owens come out and, and, and you know, fight off the bloodline outside the ring. So it leaves it open for Cody to hit the crossroads in the middle of the ring, one, two, three, and win the title. So I think it's going to all intertwine where it's like Cody, Owens, and Zayn over the two nights of WrestleMania just destroy the bloodline. And then, and then I think uh, the Usos and Roman probably leave TV for a while. And, you know, and then we just kind of have kind of have just like a new landscape of WWE for a while with Owens and Zayn as the tag champions, which rules, by the way, because we're going to get incredible tag team matches out of those guys. And then Cody's your new champion. So we got something fresh and something new at the top. Um, and then Roman, when he comes back, it'll be super interesting to see what he does and how he how he reacts to everything. So um, that's that's where I'm. Uh, that's that's where I'm at with everything. That's that's, that's the lay, that's the plan that I would go with. And and also one other thing about Sami Zayn. I think he should be the WWE champion at some time, like sometime soon. Like I, I agree with you that the amount of how over he is, you can't just ignore that. You got to do something with that. But I do see him kind of like you're kind of like you said, more of like a shorter term champion. Um, I see him the, this is the ultimate compliment, by the way, I see him as like their attitude era style or like version of Mick Foley almost yeah. where, yeah. you know, he's not the best looking guy, a little rough around the edges. What's that? Said, how dare you? Well, you know what I mean. He's, man, he's, Sammy he's, Zane with not, that he's beard. Not, he's not. He's not like a John Cena or like a Cody Rhodes or a Roman Reigns. He's just like he kind of looks like one of us with like a big beard, long hair. Yeah. Um. No. Exactly. Just, which that's is why he is good looking. Well, it's, okay, fine. Well, that's yes, but I'd say the same thing about Mick Foley. You know, he's just like kind of like an everyman. He was like one of us, and he was massively over, and he was always a perennial main event level guy. And every now and then you could put the title on him and it made sense and people would go crazy for it, but then you'd take it off him pretty soon because he didn't really need it. So, um, so yeah, I've, once again, I know I'm rambling on this episode, but you've given me permission to, because this is, this is very, this is a very big story for me, what's going on with Cody and, um, and I love the bloodline story. I think it's been really, really, really good. So how, what do you, how do you feel about that, Jeremy? Do you think that they should go with your idea or do you think they should go with my idea of like the, you know, just going with the tag titles, main event of WrestleMania, Cody wins night two, and that's the new landscape of WWE for, for the time being. Well, obviously, they should go with my idea because it's better because Sami Zayn gets the title, and it's not cowardly of, oh, let's just go and put him with the tag titles, and let's go with Cody. Strike while the iron's hot. Sami mm-hmm. Zayn, victory in Montreal? Are you kidding me? No, I get, so, it. That, I get it. That will top. That will be the pop to end all pops. Sami Zayn winning that belt in Montreal. They're going to end up going with, with your idea because I feel like this has been the plan for a while now. And I, I said it as far back as like, I think before Survivor Series that it looks like this is how it was all going to shape out. And I completely understand it. It makes sense. The story that they are telling right now that you just laid out completely makes sense because Sami and Bloodline has not just been Sami winning the title from Roman Reigns. I understand that hasn't been Sammy's goal. That hasn't been what they've been pushing to. Sammy is just as involved with the Usos and trying to earn their respect. And Jay, especially, like, than he has been with Roman Reigns, where Roman has always, like, treated him sometimes uh, less than and made him earn his keep 
a little bit more. But Jay has always been the one that is like, I don't trust this guy. He shouldn't be here and stuff. Then he earned the trust and then he turned his back on. And like Sammy immediately when he hit Roman looks at Jay and it's just like, I'm like, he didn't pay attention to anybody else. He, he felt so bad that he basically did that to Jay. He didn't even care that he did it to Roman. He did it to Jay. So that has been the story. I get that. I completely understand it. And that's why I do think they'll go with Sammy and Owens beating the Usos. It all makes sense. Sometimes, especially in this case, when you listen to that reaction, you got to change things up and you should, you gotta, you gotta strike on this stuff. Super fights, hashtag super fights, strike while the iron's hot, hashtag GSP Silva, hashtag (laughs) Silva Jones. That sometimes you got to do it. Okay. You can't miss out yeah. on some of this stuff. And for, for non-MMA Zane, fans, Jeremy just hashtag two fights that never happened that we that we, that we all wanted. Yes, to yes, but that was yes. a Lorenzo Fertitta tweet when oh, you know really? they were trying to get together. Oh yeah, it's a, it, I, I love joking about this. Yeah, it's when Mayweather and uh, Pacquiao negotiations the first time fell through, and Lorenzo's like, "Got to give the fans what they want." Super fights. Hashtag GSP Silva. Hashtag uh, Silva Jones. Strike while the iron's hot. And then they never did those fucking fights. And you see what you sometimes you just got to strike. And Sami Zayn, Montreal, WWE, undisputed, Universal, whatever title, you got to do it. You have. Don't be a coward. Hmm. Don't be a coward when it comes to this stuff. So I'm not just give the people what they want. They want Sami Zayn winning that title. I do agree with uh, Dragon's point, by the way. Uh, he says that it's a better spot. Sami not win it. And people want him to, and to win it and a plummet and a interest after that. This is why I don't think he should have a, a long run or anything. Uh, face first face for Cody's title run and sour booking for the new fresh company guy. It'd be face first face going into WrestleMania. And I do see where that's like, uh, who are we going to cheer? What are we going to go with? Because the journey for Sammy is here and then winning the title. And then after that, I don't know how much is, is left for him just as the champion. That's why it wouldn't be a long reign in my mind. It would be, uh, it would be Cody beating him at WrestleMania. I'm going to trust Sammy and Cody to give you a great story from elimination chamber to all the way to WrestleMania though. I'm really going to trust that. I, you know what? Throw Roman in there and make a make it a triple threat match. Have Roman. It's Roman. He had this extremely wrong long run. He can get back in the picture here. Get it. Get it. Make it a triple threat match. Just put the belt on Sammy. Just put it on Sammy. Nah. <laughs> no, it's got. It's got to be Cody. It has got to be Cody. It's gonna be Cody. It's still gonna be Cody. Yeah. It's but I'm excited. Cody. I'm excited for all this. I think it's going to be, Joel, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in WrestleMania, obviously. Joel Pearl says, so Sammy wins and then what? Then he faces Cody at WrestleMania and you trust that Sammy Zayn and Cody Rhodes can tell a great story from Elimination Chamber to WrestleMania because they can, because they're that fucking good. Yeah, but then like, and then what? Then Cody gets booed at WrestleMania for beating Sammy Zayn? Like, that Cody's not really... getting booed at WrestleMania. Cody's not getting booed at WrestleMania. I mean, I hope not, but I don't know why you would, it's a bad idea, Jeremy. This <laughs> is a bad idea. And then put then put Roman back in there. Make it a triple threat match. No, just can't do it. And then it leaves Owens totally high and dry after all this. What's he do? He faces Solo. Oh. I, I don't know about any of this. He faces Solo Sokoa. What's wrong with that match? 
I mean, I like the idea of that match, but I don't think that that's. I just don't see any. I just I don't see this playing out like that. But hey, listen, I get it. I get the whole Sami Zayn thing. I, I, I am not. I don't have blinders on. I listen. I have like Cody Rhodes bias. You have the biggest but... blinders of all of us because you're you're just yes. adrenaline in your soul. Cody Rhodes blinders on. Yes, but I'm also not like delusional to the point of not understanding where they're at with Sami Zayn. I mean, I heard the pop when he turned on Roman, and it's been built. It's been the only thing outside of Cody's return coming. I, I, the only thing I've been interested in the WWE for a long time has been the Bloodline story. But, but I've been actually paying attention to that along the way. We've talked about it, you know, multiple weeks here on the show. So, but yeah, um, yeah. See, Joel, see, Joel gets it. He says the purest heel versus the purest baby face is the play. I totally agree. Totally agree. This is classic professional wrestling. This is the white meat baby face, Cody Rhodes, the American nightmare going in there. It's the one royal family versus another. I think WrestleMania, by the way, I think I think Charlotte beats Rhea Ripley. I know that's gonna be a controversial take. Oh god. But I think yeah. uh I think I think that uh WrestleMania ends with two royal families still at the top, Charlotte Flair and Cody Rhodes. Could you imagine um, they should just they should just come out together and or at the end they just close the show together. Big hug get brandy in there get rick in there just all the royal families well i think that there is a storyline that we will see eventually that's that is a royal family like because because like i know they're kind of playing it with roman and cody right now but like there's the flares there's the windoms there's there's a whole bunch of royal families in wrestling that they can i mean i'm dreading the day when cody rhodes has to wrestle bray wyatt which we're going to talk about here shortly let's get a fucking rule here's here's how wrestlemania here's how wrestlemania should end it should end with cody and charlotte hugging brandy can join them pharaoh can be out there bring Andrade out, Ric Flair, bring them all, bring them all out there. And then the lights go out and the fiend music plays. Bray Wyatt said the fiend died at WrestleMania 37. He's resurrected in Hollywood. Hollywood loves reboots and resurrections, right? That's like every movie nowadays, the fiend music plays. And then when the lights come back on, everybody's laid out and there's the fiend standing tall to close WrestleMania 39. What do you think, Jensen? It's the best <clears throat> idea I've ever had. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna put a little we're gonna put a pin in that for just one second. Um, if we want to hit these super chats real quick, I need to address some enemies here in a second. Uh, Mike Mike says good morning to you both. Have a great day, fellas. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you. Everyone, check out Thanks, Indeed man. on. Everyone, check out Indeed with Mike and Righteous Reg on Fight Flow Reports uh, <clears throat> later on uh, today. Uh, and then T Sibber says. I don't know. I think Cody versus Roman is a better long term than Sammy versus Roman for the yep. moment. Look, I I agree with what Jensen is saying. I a lot of this is devil's advocate sure, on my part. And but I do I do think Sammy beating Roman in that moment in Montreal is something that is going to would live forever. We care about long-term storytelling moments everybody, moments. Yes. That's yes. all we care about. So back to Bray Wyatt and the Mountain Dew. Do I do this now? Do you want to do yeah. this now? I mean, do you have more you want to talk about with Sammy and Ro- with uh, Sammy and Cody? Just that Sammy should win. That's all. Okay, I think we both may have made our points, and we're going to talk plenty about this heading into Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania, y'all. So like, this is this is just this is yes. just getting started. Like, this yes. debate's going to get even stronger, I'm sure, because depending on where they're going and the crowd reactions the next few weeks, who knows, right? So. Um, now 
I'm going to set the stage here. Um, I'm just going to, so are you good with transition now? We're, we're I have, have okay, a, so. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This is Jensen's other spotlight for the week. Um, we got a comment on a show last week. I'm going to pull, I have it, I have it right here. There we go. Oh, oh okay, take it off, take it off. I, I was going to read it. I'm going to read this out verbatim. Oh. Yeah, okay. I mean, you can put it on the screen, I guess, if you want, but I was just going to yeah, read it. Yeah, put it on the with, screen. Well, I was going to read it with the with the graphic up. Um, oh, okay. I'll put, all right, yeah. I'll put the graphic up. All right, here we go. Okay. All right. All right, guys. So um, I need to... I find a graphic. There it is. There we go. All right, y'all. Time to address my enemies. Um, I'm 34 years old, right? And I get that I'm not going to be into... A lot, everything in the modern day you know professional wrestling landscape especially when it comes to wwe it's a pg show i completely understand that that's why i rarely watch it but cody's back you know i'm, I'm getting back invested i watch the entire royal rumble pay-per-view or premium live event and basically um that bray wyatt and eli drake um yeah. Sorry, Eli Knight. I'm sorry. Eli Knight. LA Knight. LA Knight. Jeez. Yeah. LA Knight. Yeah. Oh God. Um, so annoying. He so wins. no, no. Oh, no, hey, I'll no, take no, I'll no. take I'll take him over Bray. I'll be I'll be I'll keep it real. I'll take him over Bray. That Mountain Dew pitch black match was the stupidest bullshit I think I've ever seen in wrestling. And I and like and now keep in mind, I when I got into wrestling when I was six years old in like the early nineties, I loved the, you know, the dungeon of doom and taskmaster Kevin Sullivan and all, all his cronies and stuff trying to take out Hulkamania, but I was six, you know? So once again, if I'm not talking to you, if you're like 10 years old or younger, when I'm, when I'm saying these things, but if you're like an adult and you are defending this Bray Wyatt and uncle howdy stuff, I just, we, I just don't know what to tell you the end of that was hilarious when uncle howdy jumped off that platform and just like missed completely. And then like the little explosion went off and then there was like grown versions of the puppets, like watching from above. And I literally just started laughing out loud. Like I was watching with friends and I was like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing to tell people I like wrestling. If they, if they watch this and they think this is what I'm talking about. When I say like, oh, I like pro wrestling. Um, now that all said, I once again, I, I was it was so 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 stupid. I I if this is if this is the mind of Bray Wyatt, then Vince McMahon was right. I'm sorry. As far as like the like I think the original Wyatt family stuff was amazing. The the backwoods cult leader Hawaiian t-shirt Bray Wyatt with with Harper and Rowan, that was incredible stuff. But that was essentially Waylon Mercy repackaged. That was an idea that wasn't Bray's that they redid that they had tried before. Everything since then. If that's been the mind of Bray Wyatt, I think there's a very fine line between being a genius and being a moron. And I think what I'm seeing on television is the mind of a moron consistently, because I think this is some of the dumbest stuff I've ever seen in pro wrestling. And that all said, the other week, I made fun of Bray Wyatt fans because I said, hey, everyone's getting real excited because Uncle Howdy might be Bo Dallas based on a cross earring and some other clues. And this has really triggered a lot of Bray Wyatt fans because they're really butthurt that people wouldn't be excited about Bo Dallas being the big payoff here. Um, there was a comment under some of uh, the things that I said. The comment was made by a user named Uncle Randy. So Uncle Randy, um, I you, you gave yourself away before you even made the comment. Um, I'm going to read this whole thing out loud. 
and it's a long comment, but I'm going to read it verbatim. So if I, if I sound like I don't know how to say things, it isn't because I can't speak. It's because I'm saying it how it's spelled. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying this was probably written by a child. So Uncle Randy, if you are a child, I'm not saying you're trying to dunk on a child. Uh, you could fast forward through this. You don't have to listen to this. If you are an adult, you need to hear this unless you're an adult of like a child's mind, in which case I feel bad and I'm not, I'm not attacking you. If this, if, you know, but if you're, if you're like around my age or even close and you made this comment and you are a quote unquote, like normal person, this is why I need to read this out. If you aren't ignore everything I'm going to say, fast forward through this. And this does not apply to you. If you are a child or somebody who, who needs help. Okay. So this is the comment. Who TF is Steven Jensen? Is he the lost ginger neckbeard brother of Sami Zayn? The lost brother of Charlie Ramone from Sami's vlog XD? And that's like the like the laughing face, the XD. Um, I'll address that real quick. Um, neckbeard, I'll accept that. I don't shave as often as I should. <laughs> um, because I work from home. So, you know, fuck it. Like, you know, I, I so I'll, I'll give him that. Um, ginger, I don't have red hair, but I can see how that with the lighting, I could. I could see how it might look kind of red, but I, I do not have red hair. It's uh, it's brown or brunette, whatever you want to call it. All right, the comment continues. Stephen Jokesen, J O K E S E N, nailed it. Um, Stephen Jokesen is a nobody. True. You're jealous of Bray. I get it. Probably. Bray Wyatt stands. Yeah, I accept that I'm a stand. You're envious of Bray because your personality is as dry as the Sahara Desert. L M A O. That's mean. Yeah, man. Yeah, it really hurt my feelings when he said that. Um, <laughs> says he is the only captivating wrestler I've ever seen so far. Fact. The truth. The truth is, Stephen Jokeson thinks that quote UFC is entertaining. Now, keep in mind, I didn't say anything about the UFC in this clip. I think you just saw the posters behind me in the you know in my <laughs> office. So, like, I don't know why where all this is about to come from, but this is the best rant I've ever heard on MMA because it just transitions pretty much from Bray to this. Ha ha. I respect MMA fighters, not because of their toughness, but because of their dedication to body training, self-defense, discipline, and control. Some of them. But some MMA fighters are arrogant. That's the problem. MMA fighters' pride is their downfall. Just because you know MMA doesn't mean jack shit. Your MMA skills won't work on multiple people and a person who has a weapon. 10% chances that MMA could work, but the reality is, MMA is only for self-defense, protection, and escaping life-threatening situations. Doesn't work against a guy diving off a platform. I'd rather watch a soap opera spooky, silly Bray than watch UFC fighters knocking themselves out to prove a point. SMH. Agreed. All of you MMA douchebags always like to flex your skills because all you think is that no one will fight you. The more I see it... MMA fighters learn to fight just to bully their bully. Of course, you want to learn MMA because you want power to intimidate the people you hate. That's a fact of life. Power slap. Oh, fact right. of life. Yeah, got him. Yeah, he really, he, he, so you can go and take the graphic out. Um, Jensen, Jensen, I gotta, gotta be honest with you. You're drinking one of those. Hey, Cody, how like you said? Because yeah. I was drinking on this yeah. tasty mountain dew pitch black yeah the mountain dew yeah. pitch black match between um, gray wyatt and la Knight. one of the greatest matches we've ever seen in the history mm, of this sport 
embarrassing. The man jumped off the platform and then fireworks went off, Jensen. It was glow in the dark street fight wrestling. <laughs> Looking yeah. like a laser tag event. Yeah, it was yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't even I didn't even touch on the match itself. All it, it was was a bla- all it was was a black light, and Bray had had drawn all over himself with a with like a a mis- <laughs> like a like a detective ink pen or whatever. Like the and uh yeah, and then and then like La Knight was 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 wielding a kendo stick with glow sticks in it. I mean, it's like like who this is this is so stupid. Um. Oh, by the way, I don't want to forget. This is an open. Cody inv- Rhodes approves of Mountain Dew pitch I black. Saw, I saw Steven Jensen. He's got he's Cody got his- Rhodes approved. Yeah, he's also the face of the company now, so he kind of has to. <laughs> he can't go up there on the counter podium and be like, "Yeah, this is mid." You know what I mean? Like, so he um, can. No, he Cody can. is a known liar. Not if, he's not a if he doesn't want the title. Liar. No, not if he wants the title. If you want the title, you gotta you gotta endorse Mountain Dew pitch black. Um, <laughs> this is but- really good, guys. No, listen. I downed an entire. I downed an entire one of these. Chugged it during the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. So I want, I, I want to make it clear. I, I rarely ever respond to comments. Um, I usually just completely ignore them, let it slide. I actually just thumbs up the guy's comment from, uh, from my personal account, so he knows that I saw it, and I, I just left it there. Um, well, he definitely but, knows you saw it. Now you read the whole damn thing on our show. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do you one better, <laughs> Uncle Randy. If you are an adult, I will give you a platform. I'll get, get yourself a video camera. Get yourself a video camera. Record your record your argument. Record. I'll, I'll I'll air it on this show. I will give you I will give you a major platform right here on Fightful. You want to explain why you love Bray Wyatt so much? What's happening? Do it, and I'll I'll air it. the the only the only The only way I wouldn't do this is if you send this in. And you're a kid, which in case, which case, I'm not. This isn't about dunking on a kid, but the problem is there's a lot of adults who feel the way he does because I see a lot of adult comments, and I feel all pretty much any adult that defends Bray Wyatt, I just kind of in a nutshell feel like that comment kind of personifies a lot about how I feel about adult Bray Wyatt fans. So like, so um it sets a bad bad precedent no I i'm agree. very scared that like a bunch of people are gonna send in a video claiming to be uncle randy well where are they and... gonna send it i guess at the end of the day we'll tweet it tweet it like that that'll keep people accountable if you tweet a video and you you tag, tag me you in on it, twitter yeah, yeah yeah i'm not gonna like just open the floodgates this is an open invitation for anyone who has a, a different opinion than me that they get to go on the show here's, and talk about it here's but... steven jensen's address uh send him whatever yeah. you would like here's his email address here's his physical address show up to steven jensen's house prove that this mma bullshit doesn't work scare him with your your cosmic lighting this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games do something for a friend volunteer A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And uh, you're setting people (laughs) on fire and you're jumping off of platforms. With grown adults in puppet costumes trying to scare people. Um, so, but, but yeah, I mean, once again, if I see, if someone sent me a video and like, they're clearly like off, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exploit somebody that I feel like has a problem, you know, but it's, but it's one of those things that it's like, you know, I'll, I'll give, I'll give some people an opportunity to put their money where their mouth is. You hide, y'all hide behind comments. I'll let you put, put a face to it and, and fully explain why you feel so strongly about the way that you do. So go for it. <laughs> I don't know where we go from here. Uh, uh, anyway, that was Steven That yeah. was Steven Jensen's other spotlight. You said yeah. your other spotlight just burying Randy. comments and threatening to fight fans. I didn't fight it. I'm not threatening to fight anybody. I don't want to fight yeah. anyone. I, I, mean, I I'll, I'll I'm 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 offering I'm offering an actual rebuttal. I, I just roasted this dude right here in front of however many people watch this. I'll give him an opportunity to respond. Uh, my other spotlight, everybody. We might as well just get this out of the way now. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. NWA held a live episode of Power on Tuesday. Yeah. Joel Pearl, who's in the chat, is a coward. And I asked him to do a review of this show for Overbooked. And he didn't do it. And now I'm going to talk about it very briefly because there ain't much to talk about. This wasn't good, man. This, this was just, this was some bad wrestling right here. Just bad, bad wrestling going on on this show. Uh, the, the best segment was fodder and Angelina love uh, attacking everybody and uh, beating down america's nwa's favorite power couple and that's that's about it like this wedding segment wasn't good sam Sam timo was there the contract signing wasn't good the wrestling wasn't great 
the 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 setup that they had looked like straight out of TNA Impact. N- nobody wants me to add Joel Pro. I'll send Joel Pro in, but you know what? Yeah, the only problem Joel with Pro. adding people is I have limited time, so that's the yeah. We don't need Joel issues. Pro's comments yeah. on this. All right, um, uh, it just. I mean, I'll, I'll, good, I'll, I'll, I'll give a recap of this on the weekend or, you know, like I'll talk a little bit about it, but not much. So, well, I don't have, I don't have much more to add. All I can add is that they're back on YouTube. At least it's free. You're not paying $10 a month or I think that's what it was. You're not paying $10 a month to, uh, to watch this show, um, anymore, uh, on fight. So if you want to watch it, go for it. It's like an hour and a half. Honestly, you should probably find something better to do with your time. And listen, that's about, that's about it. I'll give them this credit. At least they went for doing something live, you know, because they like, those, uh, you know, I'll, I'll at least, I'll, you got to give them the credit for that because like MLW, we complain about it all the time. I'm still reading off MLW spoil, well, results from spoilers I read back in October on the weekend. Like I'm going through and I'm catching up on these shows and I'm like, I read about this in October of 2022 and it's just now airing for people to watch. It's insane. Yeah. And does it also. Don't get me wrong with all their free tapes. But um, I do respect them for yeah, doing but spoilers, it live, but- here's Here's the thing with NWA is spoilers don't come out from that show. You actually don't know what what happens because no no nobody sends in spoilers for those shows. So it's not like they're a month behind on stuff. It, 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 at least there's that with NWA. And then they can edit it. They, they typically don't, but they can make it look a little bit better. This live show... I don't think did anything for them. I mean, that's fair. I, 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 I'm with you there. Well, and also, I mean, the, the quality of the product, that's obviously the biggest problem, right? I mean, the, the, if the wrestling is not good and the wrestlers that they're pushing, people aren't really behind. Yeah. It's tough. They're, they're in a weird spot. Cause they do the whole champ championship series thing, which unless you follow the product is like super confusing and convoluted and they're heading into this pay-per-view, but they're, but it's weird because, like, you know, they, they air all these episodes of Power and then they take this time off where they're just showing, like, this, like, video package type stuff on their YouTube channel. Then they come out with this live show and then the next thing you know, they're going to be doing this pay-per-view. <clears throat> and I'm sorry, you know, I don't I don't see anyone really. And the pay-per-view is going to be Cardona and, uh, and Pyrus, right? Yeah. So I know people love Cardona, myself included, but, like, I don't think anything can be done to get people to really care about that pay-per-view and stuff. So it's... Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, this is what it is for NWA. Just bad decision-making, bad pushing the wrong people, bad booking for the most part, and uh, the shows just haven't been very good. So, you know, what do you really expect, I guess? Let's get into something that was actually good. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. AEW Dynamite last night. Uh, we had one title change and one title defense. The king and queen of television, Samoa Joe and Jade Cargill. Let's start with Jade Cargill. Uh, she is 50-0 in AEW. She is still the AEW Women's TBS champion. Jensen, this was your spotlight. What do you have to say about Jade Cargill and defeating Red Velvet for, I think, like the fourth time during her run? Yeah, listen, I love Jade. Um, I've been a big supporter of her pretty much since day one. And I've talked about it on this show. I was lucky enough to just run into her because we, we use the same local Walmart here in Atlanta. So, like, what? I never told Hold you on. that. No. 
Oh no, yeah, I've actually I've met her in person before because like she literally like there's like a big shopping center and like the Walmart is in the middle of it and she gets like her well I don't want to like dox people but there, I see I know where she gets like her nails done and stuff because it's like right next to the places that I go in town so like I've seen her literally just in person a couple times of I think she's I think she has like like she has mutual friends that that train with my brother at his gym and stuff like it's a small world it's crazy but like anyways jay and she's at hawks games all the time and stuff too like she's around atlanta but um so i anyway the, the reason i i even say that I've, I've gotten to to interact with her before and she was super nice you know and and i'm really my, my dream is to be in that walmart one day her action figure happens to be there she happens to be there and i get her to sign it i think that'd be like the coolest thing ever um i already own her action figure by the way but i would buy another one to get her sign it but the whole point here is when, when Jade first kind of like arrived on the scene, it was her real breakout was the, was the Shaq tag team match with Cody and red velvet. Breakout. Uh, that was her first match. match. Right. But I mean, she came out of nowhere and was put in something really high profile and it was supposed to be Brandy on the other side. If y'all remember and it wound up being red velvet uh, due to, was it injury or was she pregnant? I can't remember what, but the reason was, but I remember Brandy couldn't do the match anymore. I think that's when Brandy, yeah, became pregnant. Yeah, I could be. It's, it was something like that. Um, and I think that Jade's. And so it was a couple things. One, it was full circle because Red Velvet being the opponent last night, I thought made sense for number fifty because of her starting with Red Velvet, and then also, I think Jade's really improved significantly in these fifty matches, and yeah. she's still not the best wrestler in the world, but she isn't green like she was when she first started. And I give her massive credit for coming up with new innovative ways to get people into jaded and stuff. Like she's clearly trying to do things to impress the fans. She isn't being stagnant and just doing the same old stuff over and over. Um, so I really, I really respect where she's at and I respect it even more so because she had to do like, if you're in, like if you're in the WWE system and you're in Jade's position, I'm not saying this is wrong, by the way, I'm just saying it's a different trajectory. She would have probably been in the performance center learning for quite a while. And then if they thought enough of her, she'd get some shots on NXT level up and she'd have to like really learn in front of a crowd and get reps in front of a crowd. And then hopefully she catches the right eye winds up on NXT, does good enough there, and then maybe Raw and SmackDown. And we're talking about like a really long process before they're going to know whether or not they really want to go with her. And in AEW, none of that happened, where she went straight from not being known, no indie career or anything, to major match teaming with Shaq, to first TBS champion, and she's had to learn all of this live in front of live audiences and millions of viewers at home. So that's a lot of pressure for somebody who's literally learning on the job. Um, and I think she's knocked it out of the park. There's, there's been, there's been a couple little hiccups here and there, but hell, like there, well, I have seen so many wrestlers come and go with the experience level or, or, or similar experience level to Jade and just completely fall on their faces in, in, in these kind of situations. And Jade, I, I, so I, I got to give her a ton of credit and I think it's been really, um, it's been a really good title run. I like that. She still got that title. 
I think they need to find the right person to beat her for it. I, th- I think that person was probably going to be Chris Statlander, but Chris Statlander keeps getting hurt. So I don't, I don't know what their plan is for the successor to this title. They have some, they have some good options, but um, I think it's badass to see a woman like Jade get, get 50 wins in a row, 50 and oh, this is a cool win streak. It feels legitimate. Um, and she isn't out there. She hasn't got out there and beaten like the top women consistently either. Like they've kept it smart to where, Eventually, she'll make that jump up into like the Britt Bakers and and uh, uh, Jamie Haters and that kind of stuff for the title, but for the main title. But for right now, I think what they've done, I guess, in a nutshell, I'm 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 very impressed with Jade. I think she's done really really well given the spot and the pressure that she's she's been in, and uh, and she continues to improve, which is literally all we can ask. And and she's only keep getting better, and she looks like a star. You see her, and you yeah. you just. Like that's how I recognize her in Atlanta. You don't have to see her from the front. You just see like the hair and like the like the shoulder muscles from behind. You're like, oh shit, that's Jade. You know what I mean? Like she just looks like a star. So like, anyways, I that that's how I feel. I'm 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 a massive fan, and I'm very happy for her to get fifty and zero. Uh, and Amanda Saku says, "Love Jade. I'm really ready for a new champion. I'm not ready that's for fair. a new champion. I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for just some type of like meaty storyline with her." Sure. They were doing something with with Bow Wow and and that got dropped out of nowhere. Even Jade said she didn't know what happened. I the Nyla Rose stuff was good. Like the this look stealing a title, it's it's a very tried trope in wrestling, but at least it was something with Jade. The baddie stuff like didn't hit with me because it felt a little thrown together in the first place. And then they were like red velvet, Kara, uh like they, they, they were never like viewed as a threat outside of jade it's like okay well we kind of tolerate you and take you serious because jade is around but otherwise you aren't really there and get very thrown together like she was feuding with red velvet and then she was friends with red velvet now they're feuding again and that that really wasn't for me and otherwise on this title run it's just kind of just people stepping up and being like hey i want to i want to challenge you and like all right that's fine but that it never has felt like she's been in danger during this title run. And I think that's why it hasn't like fully, fully hit with me. And this is not a knock on Jade at all, because the fact that, like you said, she started first match on television, big spot with teaming with Shaq against Cody and red velvet. That's a huge spot. She, she was introduced cold. I remember she came out and confronted Cody. No one knew who she was. It was empty arena on top of that. So like that wasn't going to help things, but like no one knew who she was. And you've seen the improvement from match one to last night. I love that you can just see how much confidence she has gained from match one to now, especially the the different ways. Now she's learned to set up jaded and everything like the, she, she knows she's just bigger and stronger than people. So she can just do different things and toss them around in different ways. And I do think it was a struggle for her at first because she was bigger and stronger than a lot of these women. And she didn't quite understand how to use that to her advantage. She had to understand how to really work, uh, work the, the size that she has against these women. And it didn't always connect at first, like the, the ring work, you can watch those early matches. It didn't always work. Uh, but slowly but surely, as she started working with better people, uh, she got better in the ring. And it is a testament to her because she did start cold on television and she had to work television every week. She didn't have people mentioning it, but like she didn't have house show reps. Right. Exactly. She she didn't get a chance to do live event stuff. 
I we know she did training. She's talked about how she's trained with like Dustin and Brian Danielson and everything. Big difference between training practice matches and then even just like a live event match where you're still working in front of 100, 200 people, whatever it might be. Um, I mean, the AW live events are job better than that. But my point is on like just house show, uh, house show loops and things like that. She didn't have any of that. Every match you've seen of Jade, you've seen of Jade because it's been on television. So nothing to do with her ability, how she's grown as a performer, how she's gained confidence uh in the ring on the mic in promo all of that nothing wrong with that my issue is largely just the title reign has felt like that it is it, never felt threatened to me it's never just hit of oh this is like a big time match for jade it's always just felt like okay here's here's a jade title defense on battle of the belts that we just set up the week of and here we go and that's been that i do hope they get her like an actual sustainable feud where she actually, even the Nyla thing, it never felt like Nyla was going to win that match. Nyla did not feel like the person to dethrone her. That's no knock on Nyla, who I think does good work. Just didn't feel like that person. I I need somebody feels like the Athena one's probably the closest, but by the time they even got to that match, which was like five minutes, like that, that match was short. Like that didn't feel like a threat either. Shy Towns first says she shouldn't be threatened. She's Jake. The title should the title reign should feel threatened a little bit. Like Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. There's still been moments where I felt like, oh, Roman Reigns could lose this match. Like I've I've never had that sense of feeling with Jade Cargill on any of these matches. And I, I had not suspected Roman would lose any of these matches, but it, there have at least been moments and stories and challengers. So I'm like, oh, like this feels like maybe, maybe Roman will lose. Jade's just never felt like that and i would like a little bit that hey that's just me if you've enjoyed that jade should just beat everybody and just run through everyone fine then i would say face better competition like face the brit bakers face the jamie haters i mean thunder rosa is is uh um injured but people like that face them mm-hmm as Shred Hound Sports, or sorry, as Shred Hound Sports mentions too, Jade, Red did get the visual pin on Jade last night. They, the, the the crowd counted it, but I still never felt like she was going to win the match. To be fair, like no, you know, no. But uh, I get what you're, I get what he's saying, but I, but I, I never. But here's the thing, I, I'm, I agree with you to a degree, but I also disagree because I'm fine with a title run like this that's just super dominant, and then someone's eventually just going to catch her. Like I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily need it to be. I mean, if it's higher level competition, that's going to make it a little more in doubt, anyways, right? Like if it's a, if it's a Brit or or a Soraya or something like that. But I, uh, but I, honestly, I think that eventually the win's going to go to either Statlander or Willow, or it'll be someone like that, someone who can like really use it and can really use that TBS championship and really like springboard a a new star for them that they really want to build as like one of their next big women's stars um, and then you can move jade onto the world title scene of course but um but yeah i mean once again the fact that jade's 50 matches in and you know we're talking about her like this is a huge win for her because that could have yeah. dude she could have went out there had a bad match with Shaq, and we never saw her again you know and she's She's capitalized on every opportunity brought her way. And I like, you know, even though she's a heel, you know, when she, you know, carries her daughter out after the match and stuff. And, you know, it's just, she's, she's, she's relatable. She's likable. You can tell that she 
she's just a star. I think, I and I think that maybe that's part of another disconnect with me is like I actually want to like Jade Cargill. I do like Jade Cargill. It's not I want to like I do like Jade Cargill. Seem I listened to a lot of interviews with her. Her her, Brandon Phillips uh, and her daughter were sitting like two rows in front of me. So if you saw where they were, they did the spot and everything. It like that I was right behind them right then. Um, I love all that stuff, but then she's presented as a heel. And so it's like, do you want to cheer her or not? Like that, that's another just little, little disconnect for me. Get nothing, nothing against Jade Cargill. I, some of the presentation stuff and just the way the, the run has just been, here's matches. A lot of them just a little colder than I would prefer. Uh, it doesn't hit quite as much with me. As far again, as far as Jade sure. goes, though, full money, full absolute one hundred percent money. Yes, absolutely love Jade. And someone uh, money mark in the chat said Red Velvet deserves her flowers too. Listen, I'm not the biggest Red Velvet fan, but I will give credit where it's due. She's definitely improved, also, like definitely. So that's that's all I can ask for uh, is improvement and just trying to get better. So, um. Someone wants a tour of my room. I'll eventually do a room tour of my office. I'm, I'm rearranging everything. It looks like a mess in here right now, but I'll eventually do some sort of action figure slash autograph tour thing. My AW spotlight, Jensen, is uh, the king of television is back. Samoa Joe defeated yes. Darby Allen to regain the AW TNT championship. Uh, this match was fantastic. It's uh, the third match between them and i said it after the first match like darby allen is such a great opponent for samoa joe because darby allen doesn't give a fuck and will just be tossed around tossed all over the place i don't know how it looked on television i haven't gotten to a chance to watch it back but live when he picks him up on the steps and just like drops him like nothing i darby looked like he was dead on that that looked so scary uh, and then he, of course, continues, and he throws himself through a table, and he takes the bump uh, on the exposed ring, the the super muscle buster on the exposed ring, and everything. The the tax with the 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 hoodie tax and stuff. Uh just Darby is, is just great. It just making mo- guys look like absolute monsters. And Samoa Joe is a guy you want to look like a monster. So I Darby's reign was great. I love the story of. He keeps wrestling every week. He takes all of this punishment. He goes to Japan, does a match over there, takes punishment there, comes back, wrestles again, keeps having these long, grueling matches where he's getting the shit kicked out of him. And then finally, you poke Samoa Joe too much and you do a violent match. You do a no DQ match. Samoa Joe is going to take out a lot of aggression and use the what's afforded to him, and he's going to eventually beat you. Uh, Darby's reign was great. I would have been fine if it continued. A little bit longer, but given the story they were telling of Darby continuing to put himself in this position, Joe beating him in this match made a lot of sense. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and you know, I'm a huge Darby fan, so you know, I, I wanted to see a longer run for him because I want him utilized more on the show. Um, I think he's one of the I want I don't want to say few, but he's definitely one of the the standout of um, standouts, I should say, of the quote-unquote homegrown AEW talent, or, or even more specifically the Pillars. I think you have, you know, you have MJF, who's obviously become the world champion and super valuable and the top guy in the company, in my opinion. And then you have 
Um, the next pillar that I think, you know, obviously they're all doing great for themselves right now, but like, you know, Sammy's kind of, he's got his thing going with, uh, with the Jericho Appreciation Society and Gar- the things, you know, brewing with Garcia currently and Jungle Boy just announced that he's going for a singles championship. So I think some big things are coming for him, Did but he? I honestly, yeah, he announced it last night on the show, um, in a oh, backstage interview. That. Yeah. Oh, he said he's going to win singles gold this year. So, oh, right. um, and I imagine that'll probably be going after the TNT title. I could see him versus Joe. That'd be really good. Um, but um, my whole point is, I think Darby, outside of MJF, I think Darby has the most potential to be the like the world champion out of the homegrown or the pillars. So I want to see more out of him, but I also feel like Sting's retirement plan is in motion. And I'd imagine the immediate future is going to be more about sting and Darby, maybe winning the tag titles on stings way out or something like that. Like, I think it'll be more sting and Darby tied together for the short term. And I don't know when Sting's planning to retire, but he's been talking about it in interviews recently. So there's a plan in place that he said that they know where they're going for his retirement. So it's got to be coming fairly soon. Um, So that's kind of how I feel about it. Maybe they just, they, you know, because also the thing with, with Darby having the TNT title, like you said, he got to bring it to Japan. Like it looked really cool that he was like traveling the world with this with this AW TNT title. And but yeah, given the story, and once again, it's Samoa Joe. This isn't some just like just some guy. We can Samoa Joe is always gonna be one of the highest, most credible wrestlers out there. So him winning a match like this against Darby with a beat up Darby. I have no problem with it at all. I thought the match was awesome. I loved it. Um, and once again, as long as it leads to Darby rebounding and doing something important again, coming off of this, I'm fine with it. Um, I do have my concerns about what happened after the match because dude, I don't think the Wardlow things working, man. Like I, like, I, I don't, I don't, I, I would not have gone back to Wardlow and Joe right now, personally. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Now there's a lot of Wardlow fans. I'm not sitting here and hating on the guy, I, but I don't know. Not it a, just doesn't not feel. A, sorry, what's you're that? You're not a war. You're not a ward ho. Ward ho, dude. I was there live for his first match against Cody in that steel cage. You know, I've, I've, I like Wardlow, but there's just something off about it. I don't, I don't, I can't put my finger on it. I, it, it's, it's like there. Oh, he's. In this, Huh? He's way colder, like coming out of right. the MJF stuff, like he was super hot. And then he won the TNT title and he just, I mean, he had to cut that promo of like, it's still Wardlow's world. Like it seemed like they knew things were cold right. uh, during that run. And then they took the title off of him and then he got his hair cut and then he was back last night. I'm, I'm kind of in agreement. I don't know where Wardlow is right now. I mean, he's going to feud with Joe, but it doesn't feel like he should win that few we'll we'll see but he definitely feels very cold yeah i i definitely wouldn't have warlow beat joe right now definitely not in fact i'd probably try to figure out a way of turning warlow heel again or something like i just don't i I don't i don't know i don't know what you do with him because the mjf thing was such a long story that did eventually pay off with him beating him and he destroyed him but now we're in a world where mjf is the world champion because of so many things happening since then and wardlow was the tnt champion i don't think he had a particularly good run with the title 
And I don't think it's a good idea to put the title back on him and just keep going back to like trying, trying to make fetch a thing with Wardlow. You know, I, I just, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know where he's, he's in a tough spot. They've like, they've really kind of booked him into a corner, kind of pigeonholed him because you can't just be another guy. And, you know, you, you made him such like a dominant powerhouse type of wrestler also that there it's, a, it's just a weird spot to be in. Honestly, I'd probably figure out a way to turn him heel again if I was them personally, but I know that I know it was all, it was like a, three-year babyface turn to make him a babyface in the first place. So I, it's, yeah, I, but one, but yeah, see, to, I think we're both on the same page. I mean, I would definitely have Samoa Joe beat Wardlow in this feud and keep the title. So. Is there a faction that needs someone like Wardlow? The firm has big bill. So I feel like Wardlow, Wardlow seems a little redundant there. Yeah. What, yeah, what if you know. align him with, with jungle hook? War Jungle Hook. No. I mean, you have, like, him and FTR, like, with, like, like they're kind of... Oh, Dark Order. Chi-Town says Dark Order. Oh, Imagine Wardlow is Dark Order. Dude, he can be the new... He can be, like, the new 10. Put a, put yeah. a mask on him. Beefcake. Uh, I don't know if that one's gonna, gonna work. That'd be tremendous to see if you could pull it yeah. off, though. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, to, to put it in a, to, to put it a little bow on it, I would say, uh, yeah, Darby and Joe ruled. I love that match. Good for Joe to win the title back. I'm fine with it as long as Darby's got something big coming, coming out, coming out of it. And uh, not looking forward to Wardlow and Joe, but hopefully Joe, you know, wins that one. So, uh, Cody, yeah, uh, Jake Hager, Cody says, make him a sports entertainer. And Jake Hager's kind of got the, the heater role filled for the Jericho Appreciation Society. I guess Wardlow would show up more often than Hager. You just does. team them. Wardlow and Hager as a tag team. What's Starks? I, I, I realize this is a, a baby face, but but Starks and Andretti and use a the big guy on their side, right? I guess. I guess. He looked like Wardlow with this haircut looks a little bit like Ricky Starks. Yeah, he looks a lot more generic with the haircut. Yeah, I don't like it. It's not not hitting for me. the The ponytail, I'm with you. Like it gave him a je ne sais quoi. Now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. It just there's something off about it. I mean, and the fans, even like you were there live when he came out. Oh, dude, feel like I didn't know. So like I saw the video screen, and I didn't know if his music played off cue. But like the video screen, it's the green like forest whatever thing. And I'm looking. I'm like, who the is coming out right now i didn't know who it was and then finally when it, i heard the war 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 i was like oh okay but i i didn't recognize the music immediately i didn't recognize the video screen or anything and then he finally came out i was like oh all right cool Wardlow. but like i now it's, it's cold Wardlow's just a little cold yeah i can heat him up put him in the microwave a little bit be cool yeah give him a neck tattoo that's what we need yeah gotta put him in the air that's fryer it. if you really want to make it good <laughs> I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. Sonic enthusiast Nick Cage. With <laughs> people got so mad about that. I didn't get it. A lot of people loved it, though. I saw I didn't look at a lot of the comments, but I saw some people were like, oh, slow news day. And it's like, have you not come to expect these kind of shenanigans from Fightful at this point? Like, I, but I posted it at Tuesday at 2 a.m. or 2 a.m. 8 a.m. expecting like, yeah, I don't expect a bunch of news at Tuesday at 8 a.m. in the morning. Like, so I'm going to schedule this Nick Gage like Sonic thing. It's awesome. It's an exclusive. Even Sean was like, we can feature 
uh, Kota Ibushi, this is a great tie and I'm a professional. Uh, he's like feature Kota Ibushi, uh, you know, on the front page, him returning to, to the ring and compete debuting at GCW. Uh, if we're going to feature Nick Gage, like Sonic's like Nick Gage, like Sonic is an exclusive Kota Ibushi. That was announced by GCW. You can't get these Nick Gage exclusives anywhere else, but here on the spotlight, uh, yes. Kota Ibushi is back. He's returning to the ring. He's debuting at GCW. He's going to face speedball Mike Bailey at Bloodsport. He's going to be part of uh, Joey Janelli's spring break. It's going to be great to see Kota Ibushi back in wrestling and just being a freelancer now. You don't know where Kota Ibushi is going to show up. He's going to show up at some random fucking shows, WrestleMania weekend, and it's going to be fantastic. Kaiju Big Battle, get your shit together. Bring the monsters. Bring bring the dinosaurs. Bring them all out there because Kota Ibushi will be there if you run a show. Yes. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I'm very excited to see him in Game Changer Wrestling. Also, shout out, uh, GCW is coming back to Atlanta on 421. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to go to that show at Center Stage here in Atlanta. So if you're in, in the area, come by the show and say what's up. I will be there. Hopefully Cassidy Haynes is there too. Usually, usually makes the, the GCW shows in Atlanta. Um Whoops, sorry about that. Just keep my what hell are you doing? Kick, kick my whole setup on accident. Um, but yeah, seeing uh <laughs> that was a huge announcement that that Abushi's gonna be in GCW. Uh the blood sport match with Mike Bailey is gonna be That's insane. Cool. I love that video that, that Speedball put on on social media of him. It was like a, just a watermelon that said Abushi on it and <laughs> smashed it. Um Gallagher that shit. You did, yes. Wow, yeah, we're old. There's a lot of people that aren't <laughs> going to get that reference. Got to wear that. We got to wear a poncho in the front row. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know who's going to wrestle at spring break, but I'd imagine it's going to be something crazy. Probably Janela. I, I, mean, I probably. legitimately just think he's going to face Janela. Probably. It'd be dope if it was like Nick Wayne, but I feel like Ooh, it's, yeah. it's going to be Janela. And look, no, that's that's no knock. Joey Janela should go out there get that match, do it because you don't know. You don't know when you're going to be able to wrestle Kota Ibushi, but it's Janela's show, so go do that shit. Um, but yeah, I, that that's who I imagine he'll end up wrestling. Maybe the he's only in the clusterfuck. That'd be pretty funny. Oh, <laughs> dude, he just comes out. He just he does the Lesnar shit in the clusterfuck and just kicks everybody in the head and tosses them out. Just toss tosses a bunch of suplexes. Whatever you got to do, just Kota Ibushi going crazy. Be fantastic. Kota Ibushi Nick Gage for the title, maybe. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, man. Can you, Kota, Kota Bush is an insane man. He'll, he'll do that shit. He'll do that That'd shit. be crazy. Mike it's great. Lee. It's great that, it's great that he's back. It's great that his shoulder is, is healed. And it seems like, cause that was, I remember watching him and Okada live. And when he goes for the, um, the, I can't, I can't think of the, the Phoenix splash. Uh, when he goes for this Phoenix splash and, busts his arm and just like you see it because when he hits it you see it immediately of like his shoulders fucked i was like oh that doesn't look good at all and he wants to continue and the match just has to stop and then everything that happened with him in new japan throughout last year it's good that he's free it's good that he's going to be able to do what he wants and uh you know he's gonna he's gonna do this independent run and i would imagine he'll be appearing on AEW television at some point this year yeah yeah, um, a bite from Indeed is mentions Blake Christian versus Ibushi. That'd be another really good one. There's a lot of really good matchups for Ibushi. A lot of fresh matchups we've never seen before uh, here in the States. So 
Yeah, it's going to be badass. And like you said, it, it definitely opens it up for just random indie appearances. I can see him popping up in like Defy and like some of the bigger indie promotions and stuff um, while he's here. And uh, and obviously AEW is like, that's the big question mark is how long before he pops up. And show up at NWA. Yeah, that's one that I can pretty confidently say won't happen. I don't know, Bushi, Tyrus, could you imagine like the, uh, no, the different wow. the, the wrestling spectrum that is? Imagine Abushi you know, getting a five-star match out of Tyrus. Him just going out there and just flying all over the place. Tyrus really has to move, and Abushi just basically wrestles uh, a blow-up doll out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, he'd bump around like crazy. Yeah, he'd make Tyrus look like a million bucks, honestly. Yeah. He could do it. Kota Bushi's that good, man. People yeah. people forget just how good Kota Bushi is because it's been over a year since we've seen him in the ring and so much has happened over that year. But he was legitimately one of my favorite performers to watch before his injury. Cause every one, I like people who throw just a lot of good, good, strong kicks to the head. Love that. Just willing to do anything, willing to, you know, go out there, bump around, put, not worry about his neck. The matches against Naito where they were just like, yeah, fuck it. Just drop me on my head and neck and we'll worry about the consequences later. Probably not the, Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Best uh style to go with but bushy didn't care that that's just a dude who does not give a fuck you know honestly the probably the dream match for me outside of the obvious like AEW stuff that you could do with kenny and the bucks and all that would be imagine if gcw and i don't know what their schedule look like and stuff i don't know if it's even possible but if they could get in gcw if they could book kota abushi versus vikingo like oh, that's like that's the oh. match yeah mm. yeah that's the match <sighs> i'm looking forward to kota abushi's run the fact that it's starting with speedball as well in a blood sports style match well, that's my other like dream match would be speedball and that's already announced you know yeah, what i mean that. so it's like yeah and it's gonna be different with it being blood sport but i'd imagine that they'll they'll probably run it back in a, in a like a regular match at some point in the future too but um impact Cody Cody is just going to show up to the impact zone and just face speedball on just a random Thursday night. That'd be, that'd be wild. Jensen, your a or a indie spotlight is Leo rush and Susan Thomas from uh, wrestling open last week. Why did this match stick out to you? Um, hold on just sorry. It was Dustin uh, Waller. Yeah, I was, I I was, I, I, uh, so, um, the reason it stuck out, so this was from Wrestling Open, episode 56, which just aired this past week. Um, the main reason, honestly, was because of Dustin Waller, because he's a guy we don't really, we haven't really talked about on the show, but a guy I talk about fairly often on The Weekender. Um, I mean, a really good talent. And the um, so currently, he is the Blitzkrieg Pro Tag Team Champion with Kylan King. They have a tag team called the Miracle Generation. And they're also the Eliminator Cup tag team champions currently, um, the two of them. Um, so they're a really solid tag team. And I just think that Leo Rush and Dustin Waller had a really good match at Wrestling Open that people should seek out. 
it's available on IWTV. You can use code Fight Talk. Appreciate when you use that code. Um, but uh, you know, Leo wound up winning. It was a 20 minute time limit match, and Leo wound up winning it. It looked like in like 19 minutes and 20 seconds or whatever. It came down to within the last minute, um, and Leo got the win. You know, hit a nice. I believe it was a, a Spanish fly uh, right into uh, you know his his top rope frog splash. It always looks so great, but. Um, yeah, that's honestly the reason I, I wanted to highlight the match was mainly just so people would go out and watch it. It was a really good about 20 minute long match. Um, and I think for people who haven't seen Dustin Waller or haven't seen the Miracle Generation, uh, more people need to see him and and see how good he is and how good he's gotten. And uh, once again, he's a guy I talk about on the weekender fairly often through my results. And uh, yeah, I just thought this week was a good opportunity to, to kind of spotlight someone we haven't talked about before who had a really good match against one of the best in-ring workers in the world in Leo Rush. So check it out it's always it's always great to see leo rush in the ring uh i know he's kind of in and out whether it's it's injuries or retirement whatever it might be but leo rush when he's in the ring is still a top tier performer and yeah i'm not i wasn't super familiar with dustin waller uh coming coming into this match but his performance definitely stood out like if you can hang with leo rush that says something i love the the sense of urgency at the the closing uh stretch for this match because they, there was the time limit and everything and it just, just great close clo- closing sequence to this and it it flew flew by everyone knows i i like my my matches uh in that 12 to 18 minute range when they were like five minutes have passed i'm like huh five minutes is that like it, it completely flew by justin wall is definitely a guy that if you have not checked out uh go seek out some of his stuff and leo rush and the the closing to this was to set up leo against alec price alec from- price yeah yeah, uh, that that was on Beyond Might Snow uh, on Saturday night, I believe. The, this wrestling open aired on uh, wrestling open aired on Thursday. Uh, you can watch the Waller and Rush match on IWTV uh, if you would like to uh, check out the match. Brent's uh, IWTV use the code Fight Talk. You can also watch Alec Price against Leo Rush uh, from Beyond Might Snow as well. Yeah. So you can, you can check that out. Yeah. But yeah, Dustin Waller is the guy who, if you have not seen, I certainly need to to check out more of him as well uh you know go go check out his stuff because this match was was fantastic yeah a match that i'd recommend that was recent that just happened at the end of the year and i think we actually talked about we talked about the other half of this match on the on that we spotlight i believe but um i would recommend y'all check out the whole iwtv territory tag team tournament that happened to crown the the iwtv tag team type like the first tag team titles for iwtv um, the tournament came down to the finals of Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo, Violences Forever. They beat the Miracle Generation of Callan King and Dustin Waller in the finals of that. So if you want to know more about Miracle Generation and Dustin Waller, I would recommend watching that whole IWTV tag tournament that happened. It was over like the span of two days. And um, even more specifically, watch the main event where VIF beats Miracle Generation to become uh, the first IWTV tag team, territory tag team champion. So um that'd be just a good rec- a good match recommendation but of course you can always jump on like cagematch.com or something and just i mean so much of his stuff is available on, on iwtv and, and these other streaming platforms that if you want to become familiar with dustin waller there's a he's got a lot of matches out there you can check out you can also check out indeed on fightful overbooked every thursday with mike and righteous reg they will be highlighting some of the top matches from independent wrestling over the week uh, and have interviews with independent wrestlers as well. Um, and that premieres today premieres today on fightful overbooked 
Waller.com. Uh, and it sounds like Mike and Reg are going to talk about Waller and Leo Rush from this past week as well. So go check that out. It's uh, kind of works as a companion show to this show since we like to spotlight the independent wrestling. Jensen, let them know where they can find you at because I know you got to run. Yes, real quick, Brent M., if you want to put his chat up on the screen, you can watch the Waller Rush match on independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live. It's the same website, just two different ways of getting there. If you've never used the platform before, if you put the code Fight Talk in there, F I G H T T A L K L is one word with no spaces, it's still going to, it's $9.99 a month for the platform, but you get like 7,000 shows on there. I mean, it's like there's so much stuff available. And um, that code lets the platform know that I referred you and it just helps me out to, you know, it helps apply, it helps me when the platform knows that I'm sending you that way. So I'd appreciate if you use that code, but even if you don't, I recommend checking out IWTV and uh, especially if you want to see that match specifically, you'll get a whole month worth of wrestling for 10 bucks and you can watch a ton of companies, a ton of wrestlers, there's a ton of stuff over there. Um, as far as stuff I've got, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T t-a-l-k underscore you can listen to the fightful select weekender podcast that's every sunday at fightfulselect.com covering the world of independent professional wrestling but i throw a little some other stuff in there too like nxt level up and bte and some other stuff so uh, please check that out that's five dollars a month and you get that along with sean's news and all the other podcasts we got on there now and all that i've been doing the weekender for over four years now um i Strongly believe that if you want to learn more about independent wrestling or get in on knowing about wrestlers that, you know, before they really blow up, um, most of the guys that we were talking about four years ago are on television now. So just for whatever that's worth, if you want to be in the loop kind of before most other people or just be in the loop and on the indie scene in general and just know more about it, I'd highly recommend the Weekender podcast over on FightfulSelect.com. And I hope you all enjoy this interview you're about to hear with... John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Spotlight, as well as Dad, a.k.a. Nathan Barnett. And I loved, I loved, 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 loved these interviews. I was so, I was on a high after we recorded these. I was walking around my apartment pacing around. I was like, man, that, that was so good. And I feel like we're going to get Johnny again sometime soon because he had limited time, but it sounded like he wanted to come back. So, um, and it might lead to us maybe getting another humongous interview that I really wanted, which I won't talk about too much, but there's another guy who he's, who it sounds like he can get us in contact with that would be a massive interview for us. Um, so anyways, enjoy the, uh, enjoy the interview with, uh, with Johnny, with John Hennigan, AKA Johnny spotlight, um, as well as dad right here on the show. And I will be back next week. Next week's show is going to be early again, y'all. It's going to be eight 30, right? Right. Jeremy, you need an eight 30 yep. next week. So yeah. we're going to do eight 30 AM Eastern next week. Um, I might even run the show long. I'm taking the whole day off work that day. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do the show that morning. We'll have a good time. If it runs long, it runs long. I don't have a, I don't have a, a hard out that day. And then, um, uh, that night I'm going to the Hawks game. So I took the day off and was going to have a good time talking about wrestling in the morning and going to the Hawks game at night. Nice. I'm going to go clock in for the shoot job. Good seeing you, Jeremy. Good seeing everyone in the chat. Happy Thursday. Go Cody Rhodes, baby. That he ends with Go Cody Rhodes. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, let's get to our interview with the great uh, dad and the great John Morrison, aka Johnny Spotlight, for uh, this particular episode. We talk about a lot of things, particularly uh, Creators Clash 2 that will be coming up uh, in April. Um, dad fights a creator called AB and John Hennigan, Johnny Spotlight. 
will be fighting Harley from Epic Mealtime. So we talk about their training, the how those fights came together, everything going in the spite. A little bit of wrestling uh, in this one, but we did have a little limited time with John Morrison, so we wanted to make sure we, we promoted Creators Clash 2 because that's what they were on there for. And then we had a great conversation with dad talking about his, uh, his, he had a guest appearance on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He'll talk about that. He shares some Danny DeVito stories. Everybody's got to be interested in Danny DeVito's stories. One of the greatest of all time, Danny DeVito. Uh, talking about being a grave digger, building like a portable Nintendo 64, which is legitimately a thing. So everyone can uh, check out, check out dad. All the links are below that everyone can, can see this stuff, can view what they got going on. So here we go, everybody in the Creator Spotlight, John Morrison and Dad. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight here on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, as always, with Jeremy Lambert, and we have two guests today, as you can see. One is a returning guest. He is the best boxer in the universes, and he is also the man with the fastest knockout in YouTube boxing history. He is Nathan Barnett and or Dad and or Dad Bot, however you want to, however you want to say it. The man himself, Dad, is back, and he's brought a friend who y'all might know from the world of professional wrestling. Fightful being pretty well known in the wrestling space is very cool to have this guy here. We have a man who I've known since Tough Enough 3, a big fan from back in the day, a dude who I followed a long time, a lot of titles, a lot of last names, um, and he's going to be performing, or uh, competing, I should say, with Dad um, in separate fights for Creator Clash 2. We have John Hedekin, today known as Johnny Spotlight. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. Great Thank to be you. here. First, first off, uh, me and dad have one thing in common when it comes to boxing. We're both undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Man, so, um, Johnny, I want to ask. We were, both, we were both pro wrestlers before we were YouTube boxers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we both got our we cut our teeth in the wrestling business, and now mm-hmm. we've evolved. Yes. Great. So, um, I'm really looking forward to this because, uh, John, I'm sure you've answered a lot of the same questions throughout your career, and um, – I want to talk more about Creator Clash right now because that's coming up. Oh, let's do Creator and, Clash. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to be me for the other answers. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, you're going to be fighting Harley from Epic Meal Time, a guy who I'm an, I'm a longtime fan of as well. I like both of you guys a lot. Um, I know him from the OG YouTube days. I still listen to him on the PK podcast when he appears. He's a big dude, um, but I'm just going to keep it real. You're the most athletic dude that we've seen in this youtube boxing space by far in my opinion how, how did this even come together because he's a big guy i'm sure it's hard to find him opponents so how did this all happen and i know you have the relationship with dad i saw you create a clash one so how did this come together for you i think you, everything you just said is kind of exactly how okay. it, <laughs> it is hard to find an opponent for harley and i i met idubs and everybody at creator clash one um when i was in dad's corner and um it was so like electric and I was so pumped up that uh, I think that everyone could tell that I was really excited about boxing in the event. And um, I got a call from Ian and Anissa basically a little while ago and they asked me if I would consider fighting. I said, yeah. And then they said, would you consider like fighting Harley? And I said, um, actually like, I only know like two people closely. I know him and I know Nathan. So I'd rather fight someone that's not my friend. Then <laughs> he took the fight. So they texted me back and said, Harley said he would fight you. And then I was like, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll fight him. <laughs> and then I thought about it and realized, you know, in the world of pro wrestling, 
I don't hit anyone harder than I hit my friends, really. You know, like I've knocked Seamus's teeth out before and we laughed about it the next day. And when I started thinking of it along those lines, okay, like we're just going to punch each other until one of us can't stand up anymore. <laughs> and uh, I hope he's still my friend after that. Uh, so Harley from Epic Mealtime and Epic Mealtime was huge, huge when I was in like college and all the stuff they would do that are now like actual like food, like restaurants just make this food. And it was before it became or it became a big kind of through Epic Mealtime. So I got to ask with when it comes to like your type of food and you're in you're in great shape. Do you have like a cheat meal? Like, have you seen some of the stuff that he's eaten and you're like, oh, how do you put this in your body? Like, what are you expecting from him showing okay, so up with all the stuff? <laughs> Tell me if you guys agree with this. Like, so he's been eating what, like 25, 30,000 calorie meals for like yeah. 15, 20 years. <laughs> now he wants to fight me. I think he's got a death wish. He's, he's trying to kill himself, basically. <laughs> So, so that's what I was getting at, getting at is like, how, how do you think he's going to show up after all this food he's eaten throughout his, his lifetime? And now he's going to get in there with a, a top tier professional athlete in the world of professional wrestling. And he's going to, he's going to try well, to punch you in the face and you're going to punch back, him back. Back on you guys. Do you think because of all that food, his, his gut will be stronger or weaker? <laughs> oh, I think if, I think, I think if you give him like one shot, He's going to feel that hamburger he had in like 2012. The the hamburger with, I'm sure it had like bourbon bacon. and who knows bacon. what else was in it. Bacon. Yeah. Bacon on everything. Definitely. Bacon bacon on everything. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Hey, now I will, I will give Harley credit. He did compete at the first Raider clash. He did very well against Aaron from game grumps. Um, he has gotten a lot better shape. So I will yeah. give him credit there. Yeah, I've absolutely. Seen him on Instagram. He, he is, he is taking this very seriously. He, he looks like he's, um, not only just lost weight, but changed his body composition, which takes a lot of hard work. Like he's got some abs that are peeking through, um, which is great for him. You know, like he's got such a great story. I wish he had a different opponent because his story is just not going to have a happy ending. <laughs> Technically he has less padding now too. Cause like when you are overweight, it is physically padding. And now if he's like thinner, it's just, you can get right to his kidney faster. Yeah. And think about it in his prime, like, if he fell into a river, he would have had his own flotation device, kind of just that layer. <laughs> and it's like he had his own protective boxing gear, like like Nathan said, and now there's just ribs there. Ah, oh, poor guy. What where have you been uh training for this, Johnny? Or have you have you and dad been trained together? Are y'all close to each other IRL as well? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we train together whenever uh, dad's in town. He's kind of been I live in town, you. I live in town, USA, which is an undisclosed location, possibly yeah. underground. But uh, I do go to uh, El Angeles as often as possible. And uh, I, John and I uh, have trained with his coach, Josh Barnett, and uh, a, a few times at LAKO, a boxing gym in LA. But um, yeah, I, my coach is up in Portland, Oregon, and uh, I do my extensive camps with him. But uh, yeah, John, I've been excited to get up there at some point uh, during fight camp. Because uh, Nathan's coach, who's also named Josh, <laughs> every coach in the world, every boxing coach is Josh and Mike. Like yeah, Josh and Mike ever met. are all the boxing coaches' names. Yeah, Josh, my coach, my coach is Conquest Boxing. He's um, he. You can see what he did to me in the ring. I was a legit maniac, and he made me that way. He's and fantastic. I'll never not train with him. He's the best. So John's gonna come at some point, and we're gonna do some grueling, intense training. Yeah, coming up. 
And then uh, Johnny, you were you were. Oh, sorry. And how's, how's the training with uh, Josh Barnett been going? Um, when I asked Josh to train me, he said this. He's like, "So you're gonna enter the world of shoot fighting, huh? You know, boxing <laughs> is definitely your worst thing." And I was like. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I know. I, I've never boxed. I'm not a boxer. I've done almost every other martial art. I've just never boxed. <laughs> and then I've spent 20 years doing pro wrestling, which is not exactly boxing or MMA or Muay Thai or any of that. It's just a simulation of violence, which I've come to enjoy quite a bit. <laughs> and then, of course, you mix in the parkour. I've even seen you. I wrestle. I saw you wrestle like a Jack Russell Terrier in a movie once. I mean, I've seen you. I've seen you do a whole lot of stuff. I beat that dog, by the way. You did. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I was going to ask, but... <laughs> ask how long you've been boxing because we've seen you in Bloodsport. We've seen Johnny Bloodsport. Like, have you been boxing specifically just for this match? I assume the training is ramped up, but like, how long have you kind of been just boxing uh, training in general? Oh my God, like five, six weeks. <laughs> well john john when i last year for critical clash i went over to john's house and he had mitts and i hit mitts with him when i was training for my fight so john has dabbled a little bit but i don't know how seriously you so the, the the reason i have mitts and like the reason i like know how to punch is basically I, it's one of the things that is super essential obviously for wrestling but stunt work and i've done a lot of stunt work and stunt choreo and um to master stunt work basically there's boxing footwork there's muay thai footwork there's uh sport karate footwork martial arts tricking footwork then there's specific stunt footwork and depending on the style of fighting you're doing the footwork combination you just need to like know how to punch and what i was doing so this has actually been really fun because I, I started wrestling um, in high school, college. I was high school. I was I was going to be an Olympic wrestler, so I thought <laughs> until I wrestled one year uh, D one at UC Davis and realized I was not nearly as good as I was in high school. <laughs> and uh, I wrestled in high school. I didn't know you wrestled in high school. Yeah, I uh, I had a I had a very successful, in my opinion, wrestling career. It was two years, and then there was a tournament where uh, I wrestled uh, the football team who absolutely hated me because I was the freak of school, uh, major harassment in my high school career. And then I wrestled one of the football players that all hated me. And uh, this is a little bit of a rant here, but I had long Kurt Cobain hair at the time. I put it in pigtails and I had rainbow socks. I pulled up to my knees. This is mid nineties. Oh, no. And uh, I wanted to look like the person they disliked the most while I destroyed this football player. And I, <laughs> I killed this kid. Like I, I got three points on him and then I pinned him and I like wiped the forward this guy. And I think he they're they all just super ticked and shocked. So and I, I started from for, uh, amateur wrestling as well. You're a pro wrestler at heart. That's, yeah. that's so pro wrestling. Oh, 100%. I love, I love that. I love, I love wrestling. Wrestling, that's, I would like to honestly parlay this into some more wrestling shows, like the boxing thing, because the character and like the trash talk and then the physicality and stunt work. Like I, I, I've done stunts my whole life. And gymnastics and stuff so i feel like this is just the attention that will then get me to where i really want to be and talking trash in a ring being someone's manager or something yeah well i want to know when we're going to see dad and, and johnny elite back on my television because that that was the best part of dark let's yeah. dm tony oh yeah aw that's right yeah because we had we had a good thing going there but um you know 
I think now that we've like put it in the pot and it's been simmering this whole time, we're going to have a wonderful souffle of wrestling. Is that where Yes. Yes. Johnny, I want to ask you because I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. We're going to feed it to Harley with our fists. <laughs> I would say the name bit is the is the best thing in wrestling. The fact that you just and you're, you're Johnny YouTube boxer for this. You're Johnny Spotlight here here today. But the name thing is, is tremendous. And the wife was very adamant. Like, tell him it's the best thing going in wrestling today. So I'm now telling you that she absolutely loves it. For a second, I thought you meant my wife and realized, no, she <laughs> does she not like it. Does she like, no, why do you keep changing your name? You're going to no, she doesn't, she doesn't mind it, searches. but she would never. <laughs> She worries about me getting too many compliments because my ego is, you know, oh. there's only a room in the house for two people, and my ego is <laughs> the whole living room. If it gets any bigger. <laughs> uh, John, I want to ask you because I know uh, we got limited time. Um, how has the cardio aspect been for you? Because I know obviously your guy who's in really, really good shape, but like boxing is different. But I, I was just thinking off the top of my head, just on paper like Harley, I think is going to have a hard time if it gets to deep water. I think it's something where he's going to have to, if he has any success, it's going to be early against you. But how has the cardio been in boxing versus everything else that you do? Cardio is my favorite thing to do. I love, no, I hate cardio. <laughs> cardio sucks. Like the, like the sweet science. So it's called is really fun. Cardio is an essential tool in order to be able to use your mind while you're fighting. Um, this is a different kind of cardio than I've had to use for professional wrestling. It reminds me of collegiate wrestling and um, it sucks, but it's definitely one of those things where, I mean, me and Nathan are in the same boat. Both of us are hurting our knees and wrists and elbows a little bit every day. And then doing something cardio that we don't love every day, just so that we can teach Harley and AB the chicken dance. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what that means, but Basically, I mean I, I know the actual chicken dance of da, 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 like that whole thing, but I feel like on ice. That's what when <laughs> you lose your legs Google. in a boxing match. Yes, yeah, Google, yes. Google I, that's what I thought you were getting dance. at. Is, yeah. when, when guys get knocked out on their feet and they're trying to stay up and they're just yes. Yeah. There you the go. Stanky that's what I do. Well. With, with have have them doing the stanky leg dance. out there. Yeah. <laughs> John, we know you got to run. Uh, so go ahead, let everyone know where they can find you at. Anything you want to plug, promote, get out there, or anything really you want to say to Harley directly right here, because there's a good chance Harley will see this. Oh, really? Harley? God, man. <laughs> all right. Harley, first of all, you got a death wish, like I said. You've been eating 20,000 calorie meals for 15 years. Now you're going to fight the Mayra Slam Town Johnny YouTube boxer. I'm going to put you to sleep. You're going to wake up dead if you're lucky. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the real Morrison on Instagram at John Hennigan, my shoot name or on Facebook, follow John Morrison. And got one more thing to show Harley. These custom gloves. This will be the coolest thing in his room Ooh, for, since we didn't perfect. get a chance to ask that. Perfect. Because uh, these are specifically oh, made oh, for sweet. Harley. Oh <laughs> man. He loves bacon. So I was thinking it might take some of the sting. Out of him getting knocked out, if it's by cheeseburgers, his favorite. <laughs> He'll wow. eat those all day too. Like that—that's perfect. That's perfect. He's—he's no. he's gonna sit there. He's gonna think it's an actual sandwich. He's gonna be like, "Oh, he's these gonna eat them and sleep." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's tremendous. Johnny Spotlight, uh, John Hennigan, John Morrison, Johnny Elite, Johnny Bloodsport, Johnny YouTube Boxer. However you know him, you know him. We appreciate you joining us on the show today, man. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Thanks for setting this up. Yes. Um, hit me up. I'd love to talk more crap about Harley anytime in the future. 
Dude, I would love to have you. I love the YouTube boxing scene, so I will I will take you up on that. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can talk crap about way more people with more time. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. KSI and Deji, we're coming for the two of us. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Versus two on the same card at Misfits. Well, no. You don't have to do the same card now. Now Misfits is doing tag team fights. They just, they're, doing, they're doing tag team boxing. It's That's an right. This is breaking news yeah. here. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. his so brother's right. tag team against me, uh, me and John. We would destroy yeah. them. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> man. I'm so excited right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, let them know. Holy crap. Hey, ma'am, oh, are you listening? We're coming for your boys. <laughs> yeah, son. Yeah. All right. Josh Burnett is waiting for me, and he's going to kill me if I'm late. <laughs> Thank, you, you. Thank you, Johnny. We appreciate Dad. it. Dad. Welcome back to the show, man. Sorry, thank we had to make sure we all had the Morrison questions out before while we had it. Oh, all good, all good, dude. Thank you so much for setting that up. And uh, oh yeah, I figured because like we're together like all the time, and I was like, well, I'll probably be with John, and we were going to be together today, but then I had to film a couple things, so where our day got split. But yeah, I was like, well, we may, we're, John and I are always training together, so I figured we just do it together since he is the legit wrestler, you know. Yes. More appropriate for this well, site. We, yeah, well, we, and we, we ask no wrestling questions. We're just going to ask yeah, yeah. all the all the wrestling <laughs> questions now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, for for those who don't know, Dad will also be competing Creator Class Two, as we mentioned earlier. He'll be fighting AB, who y'all know from the H Three H Three podcast, along with Ethan Klein over there. Um, he's also known as Star Killer online. Mm-hmm. I love this fight for you. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we may try to get AB on to talk a little bit as well because I saw he was. I saw him tweeting something about looking for some interviews. To, yeah, I'm to sure he'll be fight. down. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like to get all perspectives on this if possible. But how are you feeling heading into this fight? Because I mean, you're. You, I, I think everyone's really excited to see your return, but I think that comes along with some pressure as well because you're known as the guy, the 22 second knockout guy. Yeah. And not only that, man, I'm sure you've talked about this ad nauseum, but for people who don't know, you went mega viral again recently because Joe Rogan talked about your fight on the podcast. And yeah, yeah. So um, can you just talk about your feelings going into this fight and then also just kind of, I mean, I'm sure you were getting blown up when the Rogan stuff happened. Oh yeah, that was pretty wild. I mean, that that was the thing that I was kind of dealing with for since the fight. A lot of people have been taking my fight and loading it to Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and they're changing the title. They're putting like text on the screen that says father beats up son, dad beats up son. And they're <laughs> all getting, all these people who are loading these are getting multiple millions of views. Right. I get tagged by a lot of people saying, this is Nathan Barnett, that's Matt Watson. They're not family, they're not related. And then people will come over to my Instagram and be like, why did you be up your son? And I'm like, he's not my son because they don't, they're seeing that the full truth. And then they just see me tagged and they're confused. So it's kind of annoying because people think some people out there do think I beat up my son. I don't even have a kid. So in muscle, Matt is like 13 years younger than me. So I would have been like a teenager or 15 years younger or something like that. So anyway, it's kind of annoying. But then Matt, Joe Rogan definitely saw one of those Instagram videos that was titled that and didn't bother like looking into it. So uh, I wasn't surprised because everyone was seeing those. It was at that point, it was just getting funny now. I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like, and he's believing it. So I ended up getting like a video out of it for YouTube. So whatever. It's just the more people talk about this dad boxer, the better, because maybe they'll stumble onto my YouTube channel. The biggest problem I have is like, no one ever tags me when they make these posts and these videos. And I, if I got tagged and every time one of my videos was taken or put somewhere else, I'd be like, I'd have millions of followers. But like, since I've been on YouTube since 2005, it's happened my whole career with my dance videos, my like viral, like falling off building clips, all my gifts and stuff. 
And no one ever knows the guy in the video. So I'm always that guy. It's like, oh, yeah, I've seen you yeah. dancing. I've seen you doing this weird Skittles thing. No one knows who I am because no one tags me. I don't care if people take my stuff. I just want them to tag me. So I was a little bit frustrated when that whole Joe Rogan thing happened. But then it kind of like made it funny in the end because people did start finding me and I got a video out of it. Um, but to answer the question, I am feeling very confident. Uh, and it's very nice that a lot of people are hearing about me uh, because I saw a lot of Reddit posts saying like I'm the most like talked about thing on Creator Clash because it was kind of like a big viral moment. And like the dad character is like more of a character than the other uh, fighters. And I kind of like lean into it. So it's a little bit more interesting and uh, in a weird way, you know, like everyone is interesting because everyone has their huge followings that they're all like, I, I feel like I have to hustle hard and do the character and train super hard to have a super fast knockout because I'm least po less popular than everybody else. Like they all work super hard, got their followings and are now they can kind of relax and do this boxing thing. But I'm in, in the mindset of like, I need this to save my career to like get relevant again. And that sort of like made me a little bit relevant. And I'm hoping to do the same thing again this year. So I am feeling confident uh, because I am working incredibly hard. I believe based on what I know and what I've seen that I'm working harder than AB. I haven't stopped training since August. I took the summer off after the last fight, started back up and again in August. And I haven't stopped. And I've been really, really like tr training and practicing. And like, I, I just fight differently now. I think differently. I notice things. I, I, yeah, I lose like a mess last time. So I'm hoping uh, I win. I feel very confident. But at the same time, I have that you know, the thought in my head of like, you never know, because you do never know what's going to happen. So, when I, and I remember the last time you were on here, you, you mentioned that you were, you had planned to, to fight again in October. So I, I know that that, uh, that didn't happen, but I, I'm yeah. assuming that's why you've been training and in shape for so long. You were expecting yeah. a fight. You've been ready to go for a while. I was now. hoping to get a fight in the fall and it didn't happen because for a few reasons I moved, I'm back down in LA now. I was in Portland before. Uh, it was just like my life was a bit chaotic um but i will be hopefully fighting more the more there's a better chance i'll be fighting twice this year because now mams taylor from misfits uh, ksi's manager he's followed me and messaged me and i met uh all those guys over there i went to a ksi the ksi last ksi fight with bell mm -hmm. delphine who will be in my corner this yep, time I saw, so yeah. i'm kind of in that world now and he said he wants to get me on a card so i'm hoping maybe john and i can both get on a card like this summer or this fall over there but uh, yeah, I haven't stopped training and I think it's been beneficial because I feel like a, a wrecking machine right now, honestly. So how helpful has it been just training at the same time as John? You know, we had John last time, did the AEW stuff with him uh, mm -hmm. and you've talked about your friendship with him. And now like you were preparing alongside him for a fight and you'd see it all the time in like MMA UFC fights of like when two guys from the same camp are training and they're fighting on the same card, it's very much an iron sharpen sharpens iron type of thing. So like yeah. how, how beneficial has it been? Like he is also, and he's a top tier athlete, as I mentioned, like he's also training for an actual fight and he's not just like sparring and messing around with you. Yeah. Uh, it's been great. I feel it's been beneficial for both of us because it's just, it's nice, especially when you know the person, like I've known her for so long, it's different. So all these other guys, like I've just met or I met them last year. So it's like, I feel friendly with them, but John and I feels like a real friend. Like we can talk like behind the scenes and like really say how we're thinking, what we're thinking and talk, say what we think about our opponents and um, our training more uh, candidly, I guess. And like, cause in a way you're trying to like, I don't know, it's just someone you don't really know. You don't talk as deeply with the other you know other people um so it's been good because we've been training with everybody a lot of people the la people at least we've been meeting up and doing sparring and exercising and stuff but john and i've been when we're working out and training and we're just talking and talking and talking and 
uh, I, I feel it helps a lot because it makes it, it's like you're getting two, I'm getting his training sessions with mine and I'm getting mine and his, and he's getting mine and his. Cause like he's got advice from my coach. I've had advice from Josh Barnett. I trained with him and Josh Barnett. So it's like, I feel like I'm getting like a, a bit deeper dose of training. And I think it's good. Cause last, last year was just me and my coach. I was only in Portland. And then I sparred every once in a while. I sparred with the I-dubs at one point, but like, this year, I feel like more knowledgeable because of my interactions with everyone else. And it really just helps put things in perspective. And, and when I, especially when I see other how other people are doing and I go, oh, no, that wasn't they weren't as good as I thought they were going to be at this point. So it kind of boosts your confidence a little bit. But, um, you know, also puts things in reality check, too. It's like some, sometimes I'm sparring with someone else in this event and they give me like a good reality check. I'm like, oh, dang, why was I not aware of like? You know, I, I got hit pretty hard by Aaron from Game Grumps and it took me back a little bit, but he's also like a big guy. Yeah. And I was like, and like I power through everything. I kept going. I didn't stop throwing, but it just, it took me back when I was in, in my middle of throwing punches. Uh, and it was kind of like a wake up call, I guess. But yeah, I just think it's beneficial to be with training with a, a lot of people in the same event because you're all going towards the same goal. And I remember um, the last creator clash was pretty different than a lot of pretty much any other combat sports uh, event I've really ever seen from the perspective of y'all hanging out throughout the day during the event, like taking pictures together, like social media posts. And then you guys went in there, fought each other legitimately. Yeah. Uh, but it was like a big, like, it felt like there was, I mean, it was all for charity too, which we can't forget to mention. I mean, that's a gigantic part of this as well, of course, but um, without, you know, I know stuff in the gym stays in the gym but like how did the sparring uh go with idubs just like in general because he's he's really impressed me going from oh, yeah, this yeah. kid making these videos on youtube um you know for all those years of content cop and kickstarter crap and all this stuff and he was he was really the personification of like just like the, a, a youtube an internet youtuber doing this stuff out of his basement and now mm -hmm. he's like really made a transformation he's more or less a chad now which is kind of crazy right yeah so like, he's, he's like grown up in a way and it's like it's like it seems like a different person in a way um also physically his transformation like yes. he's such a scrawny nerdy looking guy exactly. and he's like a thick dude yeah <laughs> yeah how, so how did it go like when when y'all got in the ring together because i feel like y'all could really help each other out with kind of where, where you're, you're both at yeah it, i it was a little bit weird for me because last year it was last year and it was at a point where like i had just switched to southpaw and I was like listening to everything my coach said. And I started as Orthodox. Matt thought knew I was Orthodox. And I was, but then like a month and a half in, my, my coach wanted me to try Southpaw, standing Southpaw. And it just felt more comfortable. And he's like, don't tell anyone you switched. He's like, he's like, you're not lying by not telling them. And I was like, okay. He's like, this is how boxing is. Yeah. And he's just telling me, he's like, don't believe anything anyone says. Don't believe any video anyone posts. Cause like the boxing world is tricky. And that's like the thing they put up false information and like there's a lot of just nonsense going out. So I was like, okay. I just felt like I had to do everything he said. So when I went up and trained with I-dubs, I was standing sparring in an orthodox stance and I had since switched to uh southpaw so it was a little unnatural for me when i was sparring with him and everyone so i had to feel like i don't it, i didn't feel great about the whole situation but it was it was cool it was great for me because um i that was the first time i, I really got knocked around because the guys up there hit harder than i at that point was getting with my coach and my sparring partners because like we were going like 25 percent because he really eased me into it he didn't want me just to get started getting hit it was like a lot of shadow no touching 
25% and then we went 50% and then we never even went. He's like, one of the last sparring sessions was like 75% only one time. Cause he's like, didn't want any uh, extra injuries. But that time up in Seattle with iDubs, like I was getting knocked around in my opinion, harder than I ever had at that point. And I was standing orthodox. So it was kind of like, I feel I didn't learn too much that time. Cause I was like not doing what I normally do, but it was, it was nice to kind of like, get hit around a little bit. I like, I genuinely like getting hit. Like it sounds weird, but it like charges me up and makes me feel like, yeah, come on. Like keep hitting me. Like makes me want to hit back. And it makes me like excited in a weird way. And I guess it's something I just never got and knew I wanted to get out of my system. Uh, but I truly like scrapping and getting like knocked around and hitting back. It's like, it's, 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 it lights the fire in me, I guess. You feel alive. I get that. Yeah, you really feel alive. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't I prove to them that they can't stop me and I'll never back down and I'll keep coming. Like, even if I'm just like, my brain is dead, I'll still be on the ground, like throwing my fists, you know, <laughs> just will not stop punching. So it's kind of, it, I learned that like throughout that whole last year, I learned uh, a lot about myself, I guess, and uh, how I, how much I enjoy this. Uh, you mentioned on on Twitter that the diss track has been recorded. When mm-hmm. when is that, and can we get any type of a, a preview for it? Um, I could play. <laughs> you won't copyright play much, right? <laughs> no, but the thing is, my my friend owns the track, and it will get claimed unless he unclaims it. Oh, right, That's which right. he's gonna do for me when I put it up. So it could get claimed. <laughs> um i'll say I'll, t- I'll give you a, i'll give you a verbal preview uh or i'll okay. just give you a hint i won't sing the lyrics or anything but um if you saw keith apicary on america's got talent uh the nerdy gaming character uh who danced uh that you, you can expect to hear something very similar in this diss track uh, so yeah, you have to do some research, I guess. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Do you have a date where that's going to be dropping? Uh, I'm trying to put it up in, in, I had to film the video. I had to film part of it here in LA and part in Portland. So it'll probably be like mid February, unfortunately not. I want to put it up. It's, it's, it's recorded. It's being mixed right now. Uh, and once it's done being mixed, I'm also waiting on this cameo, like a, a, a guest vocalist, uh, fingers crossed that he's able to do it. Um, and then it, it'll be probably, it'll be done and I'll shoot the video. It'll probably be up at like mid February. I like to get it out as early as I can. So there's like, it's up well before the fight, you know? Sure. But, um, it's hard with all the training and all the other videos I'm shooting. So well, but I, am, I have like 25 preloaded videos on my YouTube right now because I, and I went hustled over Christmas because I was going to be, I know I'm, in the next week I'm going to be training for the next 11 weeks straight. Uh, up until the fight, so I have everything like preloaded except for like some of these boxing videos. But uh, yeah, it's been hard to get it all done while training every day. Well, and also, I know you've done a lot of you know, traveling, like you you mentioned. I know I've seen you popping up at other boxing events and stuff. Mm-hmm. What's what's been the uh, since I guess pre Creator Clash one to now when you show up at an event like that? And I mean, you're an unrecognizable, or sorry, you're I shouldn't say unrecognizable, you're a very recognizable guy. Um, like you know, you're walking around half the time with no, with no shirt on and a tie. It's like, Oh, that's dad. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the how, dad look is memorable. <laughs> like that, you know? Yes. Um, well, how, how, how's, I guess, kind of just the, uh, the visibility people you know, recognizing you and just kind of the feedback you're getting from like, I guess the fan base, uh, like nowadays versus kind of before you did the first creator clash. Uh, it's been great. It's every like couple of years. I feel like I have something that's like, Oh, you're that guy 
from these videos or you're from this commercial, you're from this uh, Disney show or Always Sunny. Uh, I do like so many things that like every year or so I get like another spike in some. Wait, were you? Part it was like one line. Uh, it was a sexual harassment seminar episode where they're like basically it's like basically yes. it was like they're they're all getting like me yes. too basically yep. I... all horrible. And it was like a in a hotel, and uh, I forget what I even said. It was just it was literally nothing. The writer of Always Sunny uh, uh, knew me. I auditioned for it, and she I got I did an episode of Community that she wrote as well. So I think when I auditioned, they're like, "Oh yeah, just have Nathan do it." But you know, nothing great. It's a small it, little thing. But no. I, probably people go, "Oh, they just my face yeah. is like you know that weird bald man." So it, uh, it's easy to remember. Don't don't downplay that at all. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is my favorite show of all time. So like, oh, and too. I yeah. So yeah, like, and I did not know that. I didn't catch it. I know exactly what episode you're talking about. That's the one where Mac picks up uh, D from. Yeah, yeah. I'm in that. Scene. Yeah, That's yeah. Scene okay. It was okay, yeah. super funny. They were like they were just going off the rails like during the whole thing, like making stuff up. And it, it made the scene from what was on the script like 10 times funnier just by like messing around. They added like so much just by like improving and figuring out what was funny, and then they kind of kept redoing things. So it was that was so funny. That was hilarious, that whole bit with him picking her up. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, I'm gonna watch that, that right funny. after this. I'm gonna go back and find your scenes. You, I, I was already obviously a very big fan of, of dad, but now, uh, yeah, now, now I know you're part of my one of my, literally my favorite show of all time. So, I yeah, that was that was a thing like a year or two ago, and then now, uh, dad is a thing. And uh, I was actually, I went, I went to England a couple weeks ago to film my promo videos for this Creator Clash uh event with my friend who lives over there. And when I was at the airport in LAX, I sat down at like a bar, a restaurant, like you know, I had two hours to kill, and this guy sat next to. I was like looking at me and I was thinking, because it happens on the street, especially in LA, because a lot of people in LA just consume entertainment and media and they just all get recognized as whatever character every once in a while. And I was like, oh, he probably saw like one of the characters or something. Um, and then he said, he said, hey, are you the dad boxer? And I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, dude, I just saw, I just saw that on Instagram. I was like, oh, did you see the thing that says dad beats up son? He goes, yeah. <laughs> he goes, but he goes, but I've also seen your dance videos like my whole life. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So it wasn't just that he saw me from. So yeah, a lot of people have been seeing me as dad. And I told Anissa and I dubs, I was working out in Beaverton, Oregon, which is right next to outside of Portland, right before I moved back down last summer, I was just exercising. Uh, two days in a row, two people came up to me and they said, hey, are you dad from Creator Clash? So dad from Creator Clash specifically is like the new thing I'm getting recognized as. So I told uh, Idubs and Anissa, like they've changed my life and I hope to always be involved because it's keeping me relevant. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate them having me. So yeah, it's been amazing. Like a lot of people are remembering dad from the event. So I'm hoping this year I can put on just as good of a show, if not better, so that guarantees me another slot next year. I mean, how do you top the the fastest knockout though? Like you uh, break your own this, record? Well, so I think I don't think I'll be, Matt put up no fight, and anyone could have done what I did. My, I honestly, I think no, I, no, 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 no. Don't take any. <laughs> no, I don't, mean, yeah, don't sell, don't sell that short. Come on. I mean, yeah. you, you still got to go out there and throw the punch. Like, yeah, true, and, true. And, you yeah, and, and you got to stay on the gas too. Like, there's yeah. so many yeah. boxers that get in your kind of position, and then let up. You just all gas yeah and that's yeah. the thing like i train specifically to never let up the whole i can go all five rounds all two minutes each five rounds and literally never stop punching like i don't need to break my cardio is through the roof 
So hopefully I can do put on just as good of a show against AB. But the thing is, AB can take a punch and he punches back. So uh, I have a new game plan this year, but uh, it will be. Uh, I do feel I will obliterate him. Truly, I really just genuinely feel I will based on how my sparring is going right now uh, and how he did last year in his fight. But I do have a different game plan, and uh, I, I, I think to outdo that 22 seconds, I don't think I can outdo it in time. Maybe I can get lucky. Maybe I get a good shot, you know, and knock him out quick. Uh, I would love to try that. I, I will hope for that. But I, I feel in my head how I outdo it is it's the most brutal match. And people are like, oh, dude, like he messed him up. Like that's how I think I could outdo it. Where people are that, like, dad is a savage. <laughs> that's going to have to rely on him to be able to take a lot of punishment. Like like a yeah. BJ Penn, Diego Sanchez type of thing where you just beat him up for five rounds. Yeah, and then exactly. it's like a mess after that so that that seems more dependent on him to just be able to withstand all of these shots not you yeah i think he can withstand a good amount but i don't think i i feel he i he won't last as long with me as he did with hundar because in my opinion hundar went easy on him and there was so much time where like no one was doing anything they were just walking around the ring like literally walking i was like why are you walking like get on that person and get out get in and out get like move they were just like walking around like throwing one, literally one punch both of them i was like what, what is this like nothing under three punches always moving always punching i i think he won't last as long <laughs> against me in my humble opinion <laughs> <laughs> um have i know you said you've been able to see some of the the people training for the mm -hmm. event um kind of in your circles and your gyms and stuff and you know there's some people i'm really interested in seeing on this show um i i i, I think it's good that myth is getting there he's gonna be fighting hundar who you just mentioned mm -hmm. uh, myth looked really good on the chess boxing uh event recently he fought uh churley if i remember correctly um, yeah, yeah. chess boxing and that was the best fight of the of the show in my opinion yeah and Shirley's i, I was very impressed by him because he like uh, he got wiped out the last time i saw him box then it was misfits or something and he i was like oh wow Shirley's actually did pretty well like he was actually like moving and slipping and like you know timing his shots uh but yeah myth is he's a good boxer i think hundar and myth will be a great match for sure yeah, and, and the one that I'm honestly looking the most forward to out of people that I haven't seen fight before is Froggy Fresh, Tyler Cassidy. Um, that I dude's he's ripped. He's been ripped forever. So it's like, oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, my God. His videos. I, I watched his videos way back. That was like when I was doing the Skittles videos, I think. Uh, he, he He's so funny. I like the, the way he writes and the, the way he his whole bit because I also like bad wordings and like yeah. improperly. Like that's like my whole Skittles thing was like saying sentences backwards and inside out. And he does that, but you still understand what he's saying. He's so naturally funny, but he's also a super athletic dude. Like he's already athletic. He's already working out. Yeah. I think he was already boxing. I think he's going to wipe the floor uh, in his, his match. Yeah. Right. Chris Ray going Gun, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think Froggy Fresh. I think he's gonna be a real sleeper in like just the YouTube mm -hmm. boxing scene. Like if he sticks with it, I think yeah. he's gonna have a lot of success. Especially because you know he's five foot two, so like there's gonna like height wise and size wise, I think he's just gonna be way yeah. faster, stronger, more athletic. I think after this, I know Michael Reeves doesn't want to fight again, but like after Ooh. this, Michael Reeves versus Froggy Fresh or the winner of it would be. That would be amazing because they both are like sleepers in my, you know, like I, that's what Michael Reeves was. No one expected Michael Reeves to be a war machine. 
Well, did you watch his video of him him put, attaching himself to all these like electronics and teaching <laughs> yeah. his arm how to throw punches? But I mean, that kid. For people who don't know um, Michael Reeves, he he makes he's like this nerd who has learned coding, but uses it in like the weirdest ways in YouTube videos. Like he exactly. taught his taught his fish how to trade stocks by just flipping around a bowl and stuff. So um, funny. And he yeah. was, and he, and he was one of the most impressive guys in Creator Clash One, as you just mentioned. He looked really, mm. really good. So, dude, that's that's perfect matchmaking, in my opinion. Uh, Froggy Fresh looks good, and and Matt and um Michael Reeves wants to get back in there. I I think that'd be a great fight. Yeah, that'd be amazing. I'm very excited for the the girls' fights too, because last year they proved to be that they stole the show. Like the Minx and Haley match yeah. was unbelievable. So I think the girls are like they're like re they're working so hard in the Discord. It's like there's so much hype around them because they're like so determined to like show everyone like what they can do. I think that's it's gonna be head to toe. This whole event is like gonna blow Crater Crash one out of the water, which is hard to do because it was I I feel and I watch every boxing event, pro boxing, YouTube boxing, the energy in the crowd and the boxers were so into it, and there was such a fun attitude and energy to the whole thing. I think this is going to be amazing, and I think the the girls' matches are going to be a big uh, contributing factor to that. And I heard that I think I saw Anissa um, tweeting that the arena y'all got is twice the size yeah, um, as the last one, and, and, it, and it'll it'll sell out just like the first one. I, think I mean, so. yeah. So what an it's, atmosphere! It's it looks to me like I can't quite tell, but it looked like there was already half of it like sold out. There's like an image you can see where it's all white; all the white ones are gone, and it was after one day. Like the whole front is gone and it's like leading into the middle now. So I can't, I can't imagine it won't sell out. I do. I have a question about a re another recent Twitter post. Uh, okay. Are, were you actually a former grave digger? I was, yes. In uh, Natick, Massachusetts, the Dell Park Cemetery, my boss was Joe Bartolini. And uh, originally I worked at a store or a garden shop called Mulch and More in Holliston, Massachusetts, where I delivered mulch in the dump truck. And then I would go to the cemetery to cut grass because that guy managed the cemetery. So he's like, oh, go cut the grass for the cemetery so I don't have to do it. And then uh, that sort of evolved into like one day he's like, oh, we got to dig a grave. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we got to dig the grave. I'm a caretaker here and I'm the grave digger. I was like, oh, and then it became I do it all. <laughs> and he just <laughs> I became the grave digger. Uh, so it was really weird and really strange, but for two years, I was a grave digger, a little over two years. Uh, and that's how I saved all the money I earned at the cemetery is how I moved out to Los Angeles in 2005. So I was a grave digger and I know how to put a body in the ground and I am prepared to do that April 15th at Creator Clash. <laughs> See, wow. that's a good backstory too i mean mm -hmm. the, the the post was great you're like i was a former grave digger so i i know what i'm doing here one way or yeah. another i'm putting you in the ground and you i think people don't think i really am because i have the picture i posted is no. me like in the cemetery yes the that's that's why i wanted <laughs> to know it looks like it a big like like... photo shoot but yes. that's the, the story is that's the actual cemetery i worked in my brother josh uh who actually worked with me at the cemetery for a few months as well he's a photographer and i was uh, I do a podcast called Grave Stories, and the whole gimmick is former grave digger reads grave stories, and we talk about like these spooky ghost stories and stuff. Um, and uh, I took that picture in the cemetery that I actually worked at with my photographer brother Josh, who made it look like this like big fancy photo. Um, but yeah, I was a grave digger, and I where I'm standing is where I have dug actual graves. The people I'm standing on, I put there. So 
Uh, yes, I've had a real interesting past. I've had over 40 jobs. I worked on an Air Force base painting the lines and the runway for when the jets were taking off. I've had I've had every job under the sun uh, until I finally just became like a performer actor full time in 2007, I think is when I had was my last job. So, wow. Yeah, kind of yeah. small world full circle a little bit with the always sunny tie in. I recently watched uh, an interview with Danny DeVito where he talked about how uh, before he got into acting or at least made it in acting, he was um, he did hair as a like a mortician, like like on like. Yeah, yeah, were, yeah. I talked to him about this because really uh, I had a meeting with him before years before I was on Always Sunny. He was developing a show where it was a Borat for kids. It was him <laughs> and his son with the executive producers. And they they were pitched me as the guy because like I do a lot of like on the street pranks and characters and uh, physical comedy. And they're like, oh, this I was presented as the talent to, to do that. And they're like, oh, this guy would be great. But he saw all my videos and he didn't know what I was like as a person because I was always in character. And he's like, what's this guy like? Is he crazy? Uh, so he wanted to have a meeting. So I met him at his lawyer's house in uh, the Hollywood Hills. And uh, we just talked about all kinds of stuff. I talked about Big Fish, which is one of my favorite movies. And he told me that story because I told him I was a grave digger. So we talked all about the dead body we handled <laughs> before we were actors. So, yeah, yeah, I knew about that. That's He's interesting. He's a really interesting guy. I love yeah. him. He's like the funniest. Like, who knew he had to have this like second – well, not second win because he's always doing something good. But, uh, yeah, it's such a different turnaround like back into comedy when he got into Always Sunny. And it's like hands down, I think the funniest – performance in anything i got i just love gross sloppy nasty dumb men in, in or and women anyone anyone who's like uh, d actually she was so good i don't know if you watched her spin-off show the mick the mick yeah yeah she was like yeah. the day yeah, you know, of her own show and she was so funny because she was just such a lousy degenerate person I loved it. That's like my favorite kind of character. So yeah Danny DeVito and her it was just an honor right. to be involved with any of them that's Dennis on that show. He's he's the worst to me. Glenn Howard's oh, yeah, the for sure. absolute worst on, on Always Sunny. Just yeah. no redeemable yeah. qualities. No, exactly. <laughs> that's what I like. That's what that show's yes. so good because it's like it's like Seinfeld is all about like no lessons. That that was Larry David's rules. Like no one learns a lesson. No character like no hugging and no lessons was the things I guess they he wouldn't allow on the show. And I think that's why it stood up for other sitcoms because it wasn't like oh we're all hugging at the end, you know. You know, hey, we learned our differences, and it all wraps up. Nope, none of that. And then uh, Always Sunny comes in, and it basically takes that model and throws it, you know, out the window and goes, it's even worse. It's like no lessons, no morals, no hygiene, no, like, anything. The characters <laughs> progressively get worse over the years. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. They're literally, like, the worst people in the world, and it's, like, fun to live through them because everyone has those little bits and moments of themselves in their own lives man do you have any other um any other kind of like aspirations in acting or anything in the pipeline right now that uh that you can talk about uh i'm trying i i made a short film called neutral i think it's the best thing i've ever made the most impressive thing i've ever made uh it's 22 minutes it's on my youtube channel um i want to finish that and make it a full feature film that's like the beginning 22 minutes i just need to shoot the other 60 and like we'll see the full feature film that's like a big thing i want to do at some point but it's like hard. It's when I think about realistic. I'm like, what am I gonna do? That I need to like stop everything and do that, and it's gonna cost like a hundred thousand dollars. I have to do a major Kickstarter or something, and it's tough because like I also want a box. I also want to buy a house, and I'm trying to save for the past couple of years to like buy a house somewhere and maybe leave LA and get a place with like a yard and 
like a basement so I can have video games and like a little studio I can film things in. So I'm like, to give you too much information about my life, I'm trying to like figure out when do I do any of these things because it's just too much going on now. And I thought now I'm, I'm turning 42 next week. No, I'm turning 42 tomorrow. Oh, two days from now. February 2nd. Oh, happy early happy birthday. birthday. Thank you, thank you. Oh, uh, two days from now is actually so legitimately when this airs, it'll be your birthday. So yeah, oh, perfect. Well, happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so I'm 42 now to everyone watching this. Um, uh, and uh, I would think I'd be slowing down by now and that kind of relaxing, but I'm doing more than I ever have. Like I have big changes coming to the dad YouTube channel. Uh, there's the boxing thing happening. Uh, I would like to, I was thinking about maybe I was just with my friend in England. Uh, and I'm thinking about maybe I moved to England for six months to just rent a house there before I like try to buy my own house somewhere because I really like England and uh, be nice. Just kind of a life experience. So uh, I, I know you didn't ask any of this, but this is just kind of what comes to my head when I think about what's coming up in the future. I don't know. Hopefully more stuff. There'll be definitely more videos. I have, many videos coming and more boxing but hopefully uh a film from me at some point well i know you said um you have some big changes coming to the dad channel um i know you've been on youtube like as nathan for like decades really yes, i mean since a long, long time 2005 that, is when i started using youtube and then i made i used my friend's youtube channel and then i made my own channel in 2006 the second year of youtube and then but the dad channel came later right and that's actually that has that gotten has that gotten the the, the subscriber level of nathan at this point almost. already is it pretty close it's, yeah it's about to hit 400,000 and about a year and a half ago, Nathan was at 400,000 and Nathan has had a little bit of a spike from the boxing thing. So Nathan's staying a little bit above, but the gap's getting smaller and smaller. So Nathan's at like 470,000 and dad's about 400. So I think after Critter Clash and maybe the end of this year, dad will probably pass. I think dad will hit 500,000 first. But yeah, I've been on YouTube since for 18 years and I've never hit half a million subscribers. So I'm hoping that this year is the year one of my channels uh. is half a million and blows through the roof because I have big things coming. And uh, dad, I have big aspirations for dad where I'm trying to get into more live music performances, like actual DJ shows out at clubs and festivals, where basically the, the, the sort of idea and the pitch is imagine Marshmallow's dad on stage and he's doing backflips and flopping around like a maniac dancing really hard and you're like what is this dorky man and why is this music actually good and that's like that sort of second life i want to take with dad outside after like the youtube channel is more live performances and i just did a music video with um a quick little bit in uh oliver tree ksi music video so i'm trying to like branch out and do more and more with like legitimate musicians and i was in a, i've been in so many marshmallow uh robin schultz uh pharrell florida i've been in like every music video under the sun so i'm trying to take all this music stuff i've done in the past and push it into my own thing where now the guy from the music videos is doing his own thing and you can go see him DJ and lose his mind at some show. So I'm trying to set up some shows starting this summer. That's like the big new push for dad. We can come watch him and party with him live. So, yeah. Dad, I think last time we had you on, you were in the, the gas station parking lot. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I was in the gas station parking lot. I remember this vividly. I was uh, on the tour. I was on tour with the Game Grumps, uh, basically doing kind of what I would like to do on my own tour. I opened up for the Game Grumps with just super hype energy where we played my music 
and I danced around on stage with the audience and had like dance competitions. And it was really cool because like my music videos were playing on like a huge screen. So people who are new to the dad character who only knew me from boxing because they saw Aaron box and they're like, oh yeah, that dad guy. Um, I also do this other character, Keith, who was more in line with the Game Grumps uh, bit is like you know, Keith Abacary plays video games. So I think some of them were like, oh yeah, that guy. But if they didn't know the dad character, it was a really great advertisement for me because it's like, oh, here's these five music videos we're watching as we're seeing him perform live, dance on stage, and we're dancing along with him. Uh, so that was amazing. I was doing that tour and uh, I was getting a massage and I just got the massage and I was sitting down in the gas station parking lot because I pulled like my left hamstring super bad jumping off the stage night after night. So yeah, I was sitting down in a parking lot talking to you guys. <laughs> then, uh, well, we we didn't get was. a chance to, to ask you then because of your location, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask you now, what is the coolest thing you, you have in your room? We ask everybody. Oh, oh, like video game wise? No, no, just anything. Like anything just that's in the room yeah. that you're in right now, or like the house that you're in. Like, oh, yeah, I, like I really can show cool. you. Mm. There's some things I want to show you in this room. I mean, you can get up and pick them up. Like, we don't. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if I want to show it or not because uh, it's like, well, it's not secret, but I'll make. I'm gonna make a little uh, a statement before I show it to my. <laughs> The deep fans. Now I'm scared. Okay, awesome. I think we're getting an exclusive here. <laughs> well, so there are fans of my audience in my audience that will have seen this before, but I'm going to uh, preface, I guess is the word I want to use, that this has nothing to do with the dad character. And this isn't this isn't a joke. This isn't in character. This isn't me wink, wink. This literally has nothing to do with the dad character. It has to do with something else. I'm a little, I'm out of character a little bit right now, so... But this is the coolest thing that's in the room at the moment is this uh, computer. And let's see. Oh, gosh, darn it. It's, I can turn it. It's an actual working computer. I'm at, I can play Minecraft on it. I can do whatever I want on it. It's a really? glowing keyboard. Uh, in the house, I have arcade cabinets, which are, you know, probably maybe the coolest things I own. But, um, uh let's see let's see if you can hang on wow. let me see it loading up it's turning yeah. on the keyboard glows you can kind of see the light yeah go. um nice. at some what point should, i think i hit the button yeah i didn't hear the sound though um it's hard to get your finger on the button from this angle but uh yeah this is a custom-made uh computer that will be in some videos uh in the near future did i get it I hit the button, but it's not making the noise. Anyway, it's um, what's going on? Turn it on. <laughs> there it is. There we go. Oh, go. wow. That's so, that. yeah. I don't have the mouse with me right now. So uh, it does literally everything uh, a modern Macintosh would do. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. That thing's dope. Yeah, it's awesome. It's very sweet. Uh, did, did someone like who, who custom made that for you? Uh, there's a guy named Mike. Mike Lombardo, B-A-R-D-O. If you look up Bardo Industries on Instagram, he's got like pictures of the build. Uh, he made the dad e-computer, like a dad. In the dad universe, there's tons of like weird looking tech that like works real, like it legitimately works. He took this old 80s uh, uh, Apple computer and like changed the insides, changed the guts, repainted it. Uh, he made this portable phone that 
it was an Oregon Trail handheld game that he changed and put a Raspberry Pi in and it played <laughs> Minecraft. It went on the internet. It checked emails. It played dad songs. And it was the phone that dad used in the series. He makes really cool tech. And I basically asked him to make this exact design of this shape of this computer. It's based on an old 70s computer. And he just 3D prints the whole thing, sands it, paints it, makes it. It's awesome. So yeah, Mike Lombardo, he's a genius. And uh, I have a lot of other things in this room that I'd like to show you that haven't been seen on the internet yet, but this one has been seen on Twitter. So uh, yeah. Yeah, that's badass. That's really yeah. cool. Brad. Yeah. yeah, I love it. It's like, it's cool because like I can, t it's so light. I can like hold it with one hand and I can like take it anywhere I want. Like it's weird. I like clunky portable stuff. I had as the Keith character, I had an actual GameCube that I wear on my waist, the full GameCube, and it had a controller with a screen in it, like it was like a Wii U controller, custom made, and I'd walk around with a portable GameCube with the huge GameCube square on my hip. I like it because it's like it's so odd looking. You're like, what is that really portable? So I like big clunky tech that's like sort of portable, you know? Were you so like, like a like a game gear kid when you yeah, were younger? I love like, game yeah. gear, I love Atari Lynx, I love uh, Sega Nomad, like all the yeah. portable peripherals I'm super into. But I like, I, I want a Genesis that's the full Genesis. Right. And put a screen in the Genesis and you use the console as the controller. Like I like mm. the the bigger and bulkier. I actually had a Nintendo 64 that I put the system on my chest with, with straps, like a, like a laser tag pack or a chest plate. And then off of that was a controller. There's a picture of it somewhere on the internet. Um, and the 64 controller had a screen in it. So I would wear the Nintendo 64, had a battery inside of it, and I could walk around wearing the system and play the game. And you'd take the cartridge and you'd plug the cartridge into your chest. It was the coolest freaking That's thing. Awesome. And it was like, why do this? This is like stupid. And no, everyone wants small and compact. But I like big and bulky. But as long as you can still carry it and wear it, it's truly portable. I have a portable PlayStation 5 right now. If I, like I get these portable batteries and I strap them to the bottom. I have a portable PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, a portable GameCube. I built my own portable Nintendo 64, and I have a portable Dreamcast, which is actually a sort of, it was made in the 90s. It's called a Dreamcast with a T. And it was like a Chinese company that Sega sued and like shut down. But I they were very rare, and I got one of them uh, recently off eBay. So I just like portable technology and i also will then take those systems that you normally plug into a wall and i get a portable battery and i like zip uh, I'll, uh velcro it to the bottom of like the playstation so that i can then truly take a playstation 5 anywhere i want but it's super heavy and bulky and people think why did you have this and i think because <laughs> it's funny and it's like no one else has it so now i do i love that if, if you show wrestling fans a portable nintendo 64 and they realize you could walk around just playing No Mercy all day, these things would fly off of I, the shelf. I did that on my birthday last year. So exactly a year ago, I built this portable Nintendo 64 on my birthday. Uh, it's a really weird clunk. I'll show you a picture if I can get it up fast enough. Um, on my birthday in uh, uh, pizza, what is it? No, um, the Cheesecake Factory. Uh, my brother and I played No Mercy uh, in Cheesecake Factory on my portable Nintendo 64 on my birthday a year ago. Uh, oh, in two rules. days from now, a year ago. I'll try to show you a little video. I built this. It was, it was basically a wooden box frame that I built, put a, the 64 in it. Here it is. Um, and then uh, basically, it's a tray I carry around that has a monitor in it. 
and uh this is me building it this is the wood okay the wood and then i spray painted the wood i'll skip through um let me see here uh, skipping skipping so then i built this <laughs> <laughs> And then you can see there's a little thing where the monitor goes right up in that top part. And then here it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's so, cool yeah, that you put all this time into something like that. Star Wars on it. Because, too. like, yeah. I, so the Nintendo 64 I had years ago was made by, like, someone who actually, like, fabricates and, like, makes plastic. And so, yeah, there it is. So I basically just you carry it around, you put it on your lap, you put it on a table, whatever. But it is portable. Uh, and the battery underneath is rechargeable. So uh, I got that nine-inch monitor on Amazon, but the guy who made my original one like melted the plastic and did that whole thing, and uh, I still don't have it anymore. And I wanted it. I was like, I don't want to wait and have someone else make me one. I was like, I'm just gonna slap it together with wood. <laughs> so that's the not as good one that I made myself. Oh, that that still rules though. That, that yeah. some of the, that shit's like ingenious to me. Just yeah, it's funny. I love all those and... like those like uh, hacker videos, like Ben Heck. I think his name is and a bunch of other people though like there's a, there's a mod for a dreamcast called the stormtrooper and it basically mm -hmm. looks like a stormtrooper helmet and you it's like this portable dreamcast that you like was it a dreamcast or 64 i think it's dreamcast but like there's like really sleek cool looking portable old system retro systems now that people can make and you can get the plans and like do it yourself but like i can't 3d print things so i can <laughs> i can spray paint wood <laughs> that's easy <laughs> for me uh so, yeah. dad we appreciate we appreciate you joining us here yes. today let everybody My know pleasure. let everybody know uh where they can find you at and anything you want to you want to plug anything you got to say about ab who you're going to bury here in a couple of months uh well you can find me if you search dad on youtube i should be one of the first things that comes up uh search dad or nathan 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 dance if you need another keyword that helps you find me um uh and uh to ab um hmm <laughs> what do i say uh i i crave pain uh i love the glove uh i will um <laughs> i don't know i want to eat your punches i'm starving for pain so bring it to me give it to me i'll i'll eat i'll eat it all on a buffet uh of pain so try it hard as hard as you can it will not do you any good uh and i a lot of people say these the same things i'm saying and it's just like like I truly want him to try to hurt me. Like I need it and I love it and I want it. And the more he tries, or the more you try AB, the more it will lighten me up and uh, I will bring that much, 10 times the pain you're bringing to me. So let's, let's brawl, let's throw down hard. I wanna give everyone a show and hopefully uh, one of us gets knocked unconscious because that's that's the only way to give people what they paid for, in my opinion. Yes. Saturday. Saturday. I, I want everyone to be safe at the same time, but I, I do. <laughs> I don't want the, the people setting up the event to know that I want to hurt someone super bad, but I want everyone to be safe, but I also really want to put on a good show. Yes, right. That's gonna be Saturday, April fifteenth, twenty twenty three, Creator Clash two. I cannot wait, dude. I, as you said earlier, I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. I've said this on many platforms, many different podcasts. My favorite influencer boxing type event of any kind was Creator Clash one. I watch it all just like you do, from the the best pros down to the the TikTokers who have never done it before. And 
Yeah, um, yeah. I have really high expectations. Huge shout out to IDubs and Anissa for putting all this together. And I mean, mm -hmm. I can't, I absolutely can't wait. I, I'm going to, if I could be there in Miami, I'd go. Um, I don't think I can be there, but I'll absolutely be watching live. So yeah, yeah. Ta Tampa, it's in Tampa for anyone listening. Oh, sorry, in Tampa. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Tampa. in Tampa. Yeah. Um, so if anyone does want to go, get the tickets ASAP because they will sell out. It sold out super fast last year. Uh, and uh, it seems like it's on its way to do that again. And if you are a wrestling fan, which I'm guessing most people listening or watching are, uh, this, I think, is the, the best YouTube boxing event to watch because it's most in line, in my opinion, with the characters and the trash talking and this the fun and the pageantry. Uh, it's just so much closer to what pro wrestling is than any other event. And the loyal fan bases, like you'll hear the crowd live. Like they, like even if you tune into the show and you don't know who everybody on this card is, the people in attendance will be loud for for these fights. So like, yeah, it's, and they it's do a good cool video. Atmosphere. They do good video packages too, which sort of sets up who everyone is. So if you don't know, it's kind of like okay, now I get it. I know where this guy comes from and this girl comes from. Now um, I can like kind of get on board and pick my side. So. Yeah, yeah. Guys, you wait. can learn more uh, about the event at The Creator Clash. There's a link in the description of this video. All the links to support Dad, to support Johnny Spotlight are also below in the description of this video. And we appreciate you guys uh, coming on today, giving us some time. Good luck on April 15th. Uh, we, you, we're you. rooting for the double knockouts. Uh, AB going down, Harley going down at the oh, hands yeah. of Dad and Johnny Spotlight. And guys, we will be right back here on the spot. We're back. Thank you to John Morrison, Johnny Spotlight, and Dad for joining us in our Creator Spotlight, talking about Creator Clash, talking about Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Danny DeVito, portable Nintendo 64s, digging graves, dish tracks, Joe Rogan calling out, giving some love to Dad for beating up his son. Great guys, uh, Dad and John Morrison. Looking forward to watching them fight at Creator Clash. I imagine we'll we'll talk more about Creator Clash as, in, as the time comes, as, as you can tell by Steven Jensen's reaction on that uh, interview. He's very excited for this. He is very excited for this. So, guys, we appreciate you joining us today here on the Spotlight. Uh, we'll be back next week. Once again, 8.30 next week as I have a personal task that I need to handle after the show. So I need to bump it up a little bit early. So 8.30 a.m. Eastern next week on the spotlight. Uh, check out FightfulOverbooked.com. We have new content daily here shortly on Fightful Overbooked. We have the NXT Vengeance Day betting odds and predictions uh, with myself and SP3. We're going to spend fake money and bet on the NXT Vengeance Day card. Please bet responsibly if you are a better out there. That's up at 12 o'clock on FightfulOverbooked.com. Also, later on today, we have Indeed with Mike and Righteous Reg covering the world of independent professional wrestling. Go give that uh, a look. That is premiering. That is the, the debut episode of Indeed on Fightful Overbooked today. Uh, go check that out a little bit later on. I believe it's after after Ask Rhapsody. So it's later on in the evening. Go check it out. Day After Dynamite with Will Washington and I believe myself will be later on today here on this channel, 3 p.m. Eastern, reviewing last night's Dynamite. We have the Shawn Michaels media call that's starting in about less than an hour. Plenty, plenty of stuff, whether it's Fightful Overbooked or Fightful.com. Give us some love. Give us some thumbs up. Give us some subscriptions. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for the love, the support. 
Catch y'all later on. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.